This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studio in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit shoptalkpodcaststudio.com. Yo, mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two. Broadcasting live from the middle of a blizzard. They Just still snowing outside? A little bit. It's supposed to get worse tomorrow, though. Shit. Yeah. Tomorrow. Oh, that's good. Hold on. Or no, no, no. Tuesday now. Oh, All right. It was supposed to be today through Tuesday, but tomorrow it's going to chill. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Oh, and then next weekend, we done, nigga. Wrap it up. I mean, at some point, I figured it had to, right? I mean, winter was going to come, nigga. Well, so since we're recording tonight, I don't got to I don't gotta leave the house Monday. Facts. We ain't got I don't no got shit no, Tuesday. I don't got nothing on, this, on the books this week for Tuesday. Oh, and then Friday, y'all get in here for Shop Talk. That's the last night you're going to get it before it, it get crazy. Yeah, I'm sure somebody booking before the end. But for, yeah. I should close that shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do that shit all the time. Like I go on, the, I look at <laughs> my the, I look at the book. The like, motherfucking studio is closed. I be looking like yo, I don't really nigga <laughs> on his ditty, dog. Yeah. Hey man, the studio closed. Hey man. man, the fucking studio is closed. No man, we we not recording this week, nigga. The studio nah, club. Nah, like, oh man. Hey, let me get into this music, man. We gonna we gonna get this tone for y'all. Oh, maybe we not. It say I'm connected. There we go. All right. No fall, nigga.
Man, 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 they know the fucking vibes, dog. Your dudes is back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to This Week in Culture, episode 142. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, Muslims and Christians, Jews and Gentiles, I am your host, Ant Wood, a.k.a. Trinidad, and a.k.a. one half of the culture. And I got my brother with me, Jay. What up? What up, though? It's your man, Jay Johnson, a.k.a. Um, Dr. Jumar Johnson, <laughs> and uh, one half of the culture. And this week in culture, we bring to y'all the long-awaited, and by long-awaited, I mean one week, because it just dropped, but y'all <laughs> been on us, um, review of One Night in Miami, Regina King's directorial debut uh, that is available now on Amazon Prime, based on the play from Kemp Powers. Woo! This movie, dog. This was this was one of them ones, man. Yeah, man. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this film just off top. It was like... Oh, y'all went there immediately. Like y'all got right to it. Um, it. It was powerful performances, even where I might not have expected them. Like, yeah, uh, we we kind of briefly mentioned on the podcast last week um, when we discussed the, you know, our initial thoughts about the film. I was like, yo, I was a little worried that dog playing Muhammad was gonna like overdo it. Nah, man, he did it perfectly. Yeah, he did an excellent. He, job. That that was a beautiful representation of Muhammad, man. And um, salute to uh to to the third member of the podcast, uh, the homie Rob Silva. Um, in the article that he wrote, one thing that he put in the in the article um was, dog performed Muhammad way better than Will Smith. It's not even funny. Yeah, it it was like yo, he because he embodied him, man, and Will Smith just didn't do that. They character cherized him yeah yeah and he actually played him yeah and i i think that that goes a lot into again the convo we had about will smith it's about the roles that you're taking not the way you can perform them your potential to perform you take on roles that call for characterization like no, no. or caricaturization yeah that's and, what I mean. and and when you take on a role that involves you not playing and embodying muhammad but playing a caricature of muhammad you're not going to be able to pull it off. And granted, Will no, caught I'm a, his. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a put that squarely on Will mm. because that role, that could have been Oscar. Well, he got his nom. He got nominated. Yeah, but I mean. Could have got a win, though. He got the nom because it's Will Smith and because it's yeah. Ali. Not yeah. because, for in my in my humble opinion. Could have got the because win. it was just so perfectly acted. Yeah, yeah. Like right. a Jamie Foxx. Clearly, he don't look I mean, like yeah, him. yeah. But like another another type of actor, somebody who's a little more of a method actor, yeah. um, could have could have really taken that role and did some with it. So salute to um, and I'm gonna get all these gentlemen's names before. You know the what's end crazy? Because I never I never seen I'm gonna say Young Dog because I'm assuming I'm yeah, probably yeah. older than him. I've never seen him in anything else that I that I recognize. Yeah, but like the next time I see him, I'm gonna be like, damn, that's Muhammad Ali. Yeah, um, his name is Eli Gorey, and he's from Canada. And let's see, what is he famous for? Because somebody just told me, like, yo, he's in, like, and they named something. I was like, oh, Was word. it All-American? No, what's that? What's no, no, that? No. Sunday, Friday Night Lights, possibly? He was in Race, the Jesse Owens movie. Okay. He was in something called The 100. Oh, that's where he's from. Yeah. I used to watch The 100 on WB. That's okay. the shit with Isaiah Washington. Got gotcha. you. Yep. Um, yep. Oh damn. He yeah. bulked, he bulked up for this shit. He was in that. Okay. Yeah. I imagine he was probably because he was big as hell in this movie. Um. 
He was in a couple other joints too, but this one was clearly where they, no, they allowed him to, to be the star. Yeah, man. He got busy, dog. I was very Oh, he was in the Tony Braxton Lifetime movie. Yeah, I don't even yeah, want to know what he did in that. Never, never saw that. Never seen it, never gonna see it. But um salute to Dog, because he played the hell out of Muhammad. And that was uh oh, he had a role in Ballers before, um, Riverdale on CW. So he'd been in some stuff. Oh, he fucked with the CW apparently. Yeah, yeah. He it's probably CW probably treats you like Tyler Perry. Once you in one, you in everything. Yeah. Shout out to the homie um um comedian Coop City. Uh yeah. he got a uh he on uh, America's Funniest uh, Animals or some shit okay. on the CW just got up for season number two. Okay. Yo, they they giving out checks to black folks. You hey, that's what's up. With them. Salute to it, man. Salute to CW. And um, while we here, shout out to the return of All-American, one of my personal favorites. Um, Just came back this past Monday on the CW. If you're not watching it, go support that predominantly black cast and go support the legend, the living legend, Tay Diggs, man, doing his thing. Uh, but anyway, man, One Night in Miami, bro. So One Night in Miami based on... This one night that was not a fictional night. I had a couple people ask me like, yo, did this really happen? Yes, this really actually happened um, after Muhammad Ali or Cassius Clay at that time. After he beat Sonny List in the first time, um, they really did get together. We don't know how long. We don't know if it was just, you know, full night, the fictionalized version that we saw. But they really did get together in Muhammad Ali's or I'm sorry, Malcolm X's motel room to have what was supposed to be a, a little after party after the fight. Only other person in the room besides the four in the movie was, I think, Muhammad Ali's biographer. He was the only other person there, um, Howard Bingham. And that was it. So what actually happened there, nobody knows. The two um, Nation of Islam brothers that was in the front, that was true, but they weren't in the room. So the conversations oh, that went down, they probably did. They probably did. Um, and and But to I this mean, point, they've never Jim given Brown's an account of it. Jim Brown's still alive. Jim Brown is still alive and wrote about it briefly in his biography. But nobody. So it's in his biography, the biography of Sam Cooke, and Muhammad Ali's um, biography. None of them detail what was really talked about. And niggas in there shooting the shit, talking about hoes they used to mess with. Man, like, man, you man. see that one bitch in aisle four? Can you imagine Malcolm going <laughs> back into his uh, Malcolm Little bag real quick? That Detroit red bag. Oh no, let me go. Let me let me go call my wife real quick. He was like, yo, yo Sam, nigga, I ain't want to be the one to tell you about Barbara, but yeah, oh, you might want to watch that boy Bobby Womack. <laughs> nigga, wow. Hey, hey. But um, off top, man, how'd you feel about the film? Like before we even get into the details of it. Um, I was uh apprehensive. Yeah. Well, I was conflicted. All right. One, I love Malcolm X. Okay. Uh, I, I I'm a I'm a big fan of um Muhammad Ali. Yep. Um, I don't know a whole bunch about Sam Cooke. Yeah. Um, and Jim Brown. I'm, I'm midway with Jim. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I don't, I don't dislike him at all. Yeah. Midway with Jim. Current day Jim Brown is not the Jim Brown who I learned about when I was younger, the civil rights activist Jim Brown. Yeah. So it it reads a little different, but I get it. Um, I was very happy that to to see the directorial debut um, from Regina King, the living legend. Yeah. Um, my apprehensiveness was from the fact that this is a movie adapted from a play, mm -hmm. which is a work of fiction. Yeah. And my apprehensiveness was, I know how we are with celebrity and entertainment and a lot of things that we 
think and hold true, it came from TV. Yeah. Most things that you know today about Malcolm X came from the movie played by Denzel Washington. Yep. Um, that's how y'all think everything played out. And so I was a uh, watching, like, I don't know how it's going to be. Yeah. Um, what kind of conversations are going to be and, and things of that nature. Um, overall, however, um, just on the, on the film aspect, on the movie aspect, say these four people never existed. Right. And this yeah. was just, I was just watching a movie about four stars. I thought it was really good. Um, I thought that was good acting. Yeah. I thought that was great dialogue. This was very similar to American skin. Mm. in the fact that you had conversations yep. with two different points of views that some believe wholeheartedly and the other side, like if you believe this shit, you a coon, you uncle yeah. Tom, you were this, you were that. And in order to, I enjoyed those conversations being brought forth. Um, I thought it was a good movie, man. Yeah. I got emotional at points in the movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think what really, so to your point um, about like being apprehensive and, and just sort of going into it, which uh, your eyes was kind of like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I felt the same way. Um, I don't like, I think I'm at the point in my life. I don't like Disney versions of shit. Yeah. Um. Don't give me stylized or over stylized versions of of events that were like serious. You know what I'm saying? And um, I didn't want that here. I wanted them to like. So I was a little familiar with Sam Cooke. Um. Great. Again, great documentary on Netflix about Sam Cooke. If you want to go learn more, uh, the two killings of Sam Cooke. Um. I was a little familiar with his story. I was familiar with Jim Brown. Obviously familiar with Malcolm and with Muhammad, but. What I really didn't want the film to do was to make it Disney. Like, give me these four men. These aren't just, like, four of the greatest activists ever or four of the greatest entertainers and sports players and athletes. Like, no, these are four of the greatest men ever. Like, no matter how you might feel about them present day, these are four of the greatest and most polarizing men ever. And I didn't want their personalities to get, you know... I, I didn't want it to be too nice, man. Like I wanted them to be, you can't have these four personalities be in a room for hours and not have like bombs go off dog. And, and they went off to your point about getting emotional. It was several scenes where I was just sitting there watching like, damn, that was a bar. That was a bar. That was a bar. Like they, they had the conversation in the film that I expected them to. And to your point about um comparing it to American skin, it was a movie about a conversation that needed to be had yeah. and where both sides were yeah. given equal value. Yep. 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 And nobody, cause I understood everything Sam Cook said. Yeah. Understood everything Malcolm said, understood Muhammad understood Jim Brown fam. It was just, uh, it was a great fucking directorial debut, man. We'll get to it. Right. Yeah. But in 1960, I don't know. Was it 64? In 1964, what Sam Cook was on, it don't, it resonates in 2021 facts quite facts it, it resonates clearly yeah but in 64 i don't know in 64 it sounded impossible well it I didn't even make sense to want to do it i don't know the value of a master like that yeah yeah like it's a it's a whole yeah. foreign concept not foreign mm -hmm. concept because masters exist but like we don't know we don't have it's, the music industry is different. Yeah. And even to the point that they made in the film where he mentions um, 
his artist that signed to his label having a song it hit 94 but then when we when we let uh the rolling stones cover it it went up to number one and jim brown goes oh same thing they did with muddy waters fam muddy waters got played out of money because yeah muddy waters let nigga the beatles and uh rolling stones this little group uh, called uh, yeah. the, 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 the Beatles <laughs> <laughs> Muddy Waters let them The Rolling Stones go crazy Off his catalog with the features Or the covers And he got fucked because You weren't the sole owner of Cadillac Records yeah. A Jewish man was So what Sam was doing was really unique Because it was no this is mine My black shit my black artist And now we've both figured out a way to get paid More than we ever would with our own songs so, so look, let's do two things. Um, before we get started, yeah. let me do the the each episode. Uh, what are we giving this? Oh, I'm I'm giving this a strong pair of buffs. This is a four right out the gate. We got two fours back to back. Okay. Man. Um, I I I thought that everything from the directing, the script, again, all fictional. We we don't know what was really said in that room, but the conversations had in this film. It's phenomenal, man, and the acting was great. Yeah, um, I'm I'm, I'm right with you. Yeah, um, throw a nice pair of buffs on there. Yep. Uh, what do you think about the casting? So when I initially started seeing promo for the film, I didn't really know if I liked any of the four. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the roles that they were playing, right? Uh, young dog who played Muhammad. Um, and and I have everybody's name pulled up because I don't want to be disrespectful at all. So, um, the young man that played Muhammad, Eli Gorey. I've never seen him anything. I wasn't familiar with him. So I'm like, right away, for you to come out in this big role and be the least known, at least to me, of the other three actors, like, eh, can he hold his own? I don't know. Um, Kingsley Benadir, who played Malcolm X, I'm like, eh, he was giving me, like, pretty boy Malcolm X vibes. I didn't really know if I was going to get the grittiness I needed from him to play X. Leslie Odom Jr., who played Sam Cooke, to your point last week, I'm like, sure, he might play a good Sam Cooke, but, you know, I feel like it was other people I thought who might have bodied that a little bit more. I was thinking, what's the young dog name? From Saginaw, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Algie yep. Smith. Yep. Um, probably because he did really good in the, um, the uh, what's the the, the five-part BET joint? Uh, the... New, New edition. edition film, yeah, yeah. yeah. Plus, he he's a good actor. He's a good he actor. He's sing. a good singer. He's li- he's lighter yeah. complected, young yeah. young looking like how old boy would have been. I'm like yo, that'd have been. But Leslie Odom Jr. did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. job. So and so I, my I don't my concern with away. Leslie Odom because he comes from uh, Broadway. Mm-hmm. He's and you know just had you know a phenomenal stretch of years with Hamilton. And and he kills in Hamilton, obviously. But I was just like body that shit, body, body. But oh, I'm like only a, a year older than me. Again, when when cats transition from Broadway to film, I always like get concerned, right? And then um, Aldis Hodge, who played Jim Brown, my concern there. I did not was, notice that this was the dude from um, Hamilton. Oh, uh, Leslie Odom. Yeah. yeah. Now, yep. now, now. Now it makes sense. Now, when I went and saw it live, yeah. it wasn't the same people that's on the yeah, Disney different channel. Cast, yeah, and I haven't made it through the through the Disney Channel one yet. But I, but now looking at, it, I'm like, oh, that is definitely my man. Yeah, one hundred percent. And then um, Aldis Hodge, who played Jim Brown, I still was going into this like, yo, I don't know how I feel about his acting yet because every time I see him, he's given like the one liners and shit. They don't really give him a ton for me to like gauge. How I feel about his ability to act, but and you know I was saying like last week, yeah, it was on or off air. 
I'm familiar with him from the TNT show. Yep. And yep. he had a and that was a lighter show. Yeah. Even though it was a quote unquote serious show, but it's on it's like a PG thirteen type yeah. thing. So I haven't never really got a chance to see his range, but I thought he really did a yeah. good think he did a good job on his his Jim Brown impression yeah. too. And you know what what was wild, um, because I, I think he did a great job as Jim Brown, but I didn't realize until I started looking up um his filmography. He was in the Brian Banks film. You remember Brian Banks, the football player that uh, went to prison on, like he was about to go to college for football and then he went to prison on a false rape charge yeah. and then came back. He finally got out, came back and tried to uh, get in the NFL. Didn't make it, but he played Brian Banks. Yo, why this nigga play uh, a pedestrian in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas? <laughs> oh <my. laughs> hey, like totally, yo, totally random, right? Playing San Andreas, which is one of the greatest games ever, right? Facts. There is a nigga, there's just a random background voice that says one time, hey, you straight up pussy, Jake. Like, I, <laughs> like that movie, I mean, the game came out in 2004, dog. Yeah. It's 2021, and I, I randomly think about that shit all the time. Like, That's funny as hell. Hey, you straight up pussy, Jake. It was like a, a random nigga on the street. What if it was him? <laughs> <laughs> he knows CJ pussy. Hey, yo, you straight up pussy, Jake. Uh, dog. Um, but then you know, like, even if you think back to his role in Straight Outta Compton, it was like he ain't really say much. Yo, this nigga on two K nineteen. Oh shit! I mean, he looked like tall, athletic cat. He plays Corey. De- I haven't played a, a video game this quite some time. Years, so. years. Um, and then uh, as we mentioned on last week's pod, he also plays where he stars. And I watched one episode, but I need to watch the whole first season. Um, City on a Hill on Showtime alongside Kevin Bacon, which the first episode was great. And I'm sure if I watch the whole joint, I'll see his acting chops a bit more. But to your point about casting, I came into the film worried about every single one of them. And then all four of them just blew this shit out the water. <laughs> yeah, I initially said, yo, um, Malcolm X features is too European looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pointy um, nose. And, and he just, again, I didn't get... X from how the the promo looked, but his um his acting and yeah. how he embodied the role it quickly made me look at him like oh this is this nah is he not, not playing he not playing and you know he British yeah I want to name like Kingsley Kingsley Benadir like, tell me this nigga is, you already uh, know the British invasion was this hey man but again uh, he he's another one that came over <laughs> and did his thing because he just bodied X man um. So yeah, the casting I thought was great. I also thought they did a great job casting the um the Nation brothers that were outside, even though, you know, they didn't play a, a huge role, but uh having Lance Reddick um from the wire and and whoever dog was that played uh that played the the other brother that was out there, Jamal, like both of them really did a good job kind of showing you, yo. Yo, Lance Reddick need to get his flowers, dog. Lance Reddick is phenomenal. And and he gives you like the same like tension in every role he's in, no matter which side he's on, dog. Like he's one of those guys who um So remember we were talking about great actors in movies? Yeah. He's a great actor on television. Yeah. And not like network TV, yeah. but like cable dramas yeah. and everything like that. And this movie too, still. Yeah, facts. And he was just in a what was the the Amazon Prime joint that came out a minute ago, uh, Sylvie's Love. Yeah. With, he was in that. He played um, Tessa's dad in that movie. So he gives you 
tense vibes no matter which side of the ball he's on like whether he the good guy bad guy it's like yo you feel like there's an issue yeah, when I Lance Reddick's like in there fringe he was on fringe fringe was definitely his that was his shit yeah fringe was uh right after the wire wasn't it 2008 through 2013 okay yeah i remember he was in john wick he was in oz like yeah he he was in joints that was really like okay dog is just he's good at what he does man and and again even in a small role like he had in one night in miami he just got to it, dog. He made you feel the tension between Malcolm and the nation that existed at the time. Um, even though he knew, yeah, Malcolm's on his way out, it was still like, yo, I'm still here to protect the brother no matter what. And it was just like, man, you you could really feel it. So let's talk about it, man. Um, the movie, it opened up giving us kind of a view into each one of their lives and sort of where they were at with regard to life and civil rights and and just sort of the the stance or i'm I'm sorry the vantage point that they might have had on what was really going on in the world um initially it opens up with cassius clay he ain't even in america at the time he over in uh, london at wembley stadium fighting henry cooper a fight that i think took place after he became heavyweight champ in real life no um this one did not right yeah i thought it was henry I thought Cooper, Cooper was, but I don't think that was. It was just uh, I ended up bringing up this fight specifically because yeah. um, I wanted to see how how much it uh how how. Oh yeah, yeah. They they fought a second time yeah. in 1966. That's what I'm thinking of. They fought the first time in '63. Um, so yeah, it opened up with the two of them fighting at Wembley. Um, Cassius is whooping on Henry Cooper. He beating him bad. Cooper kind of has a couple moments and shit, but. He ain't no no match for Cassius Clay. He's still Cassius Clay at this point. He has not yet converted or transitioned over to uh, to the nation and uh, to uh, being a Muslim. So during this opening scene, I'm like, okay, dog is kind of he's giving me the Muhammad vibes, man, or the Cassius vibes. Like he was he was playful, he was jovial, he was charismatic, even in the ring. Like he boxing dog, and in the middle of the swing, he like is that Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. Then he get knocked in his shit real quick, and he kind of snapped back like, all right, let me get focused. Went on. He beat him in front of the Wembley crowd. Life was good. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh. Then uh, they shift focus over to Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke is at the famed legendary Copacabana for the first time, right? He comes on after a comedian was on. The comedian was a white guy. They love him in there. Um, but the head of the the Copa and Sam's manager are in the back basically saying, like, yo, nigga, I don't know if you the guy. Like, you a little too chill for us. You you want a guitar player out there. That ain't really how we rock. We got a band already. The band sits in the bandstand yeah he, he wanted them out you want there your with guitar him. player on the stage like uh, we don't do that at the copa no. bro that ain't how we get down so and sam like yo but that's my show though so if y'all you know can't let me do my show the way i do it i don't really know if it's gonna hit the same and they were like nigga figure it out figure it fuck out and uh he went out there and he bombed <laughs> he did not do well man and you know it kind of took me back to that that era Cause they mentioned it like, yo, we could have got a Sammy Davis or Jackie Wilson or somebody or the magician, the magician dude. (laughs) Like we could have got anybody to come out here and be better than this nigga. But he went out there, he sang, he bombed, people started leaving. The white folks wasn't feeling Sam cook. And we kind of got that like, okay, this is still a very civil rights era movie. 
right in the beginning, right? But then they smacked you in the face with the racism. My first, this was the first scene that I was like, all right, let me pay attention. Jim Brown, he back in Georgia, old small country town he from. He goes to visit a family friend. Family friend is white. Went over there, knocked on the door. The granddaughter, granddaughter opened the door. She like, oh my god, it's Jim Brown from the NFL. Jim Brown from the NFL. You are Jim Brown from the NFL. And, and he like, Shook yeah, his I'm, hand yeah. He, he like, I'm here to see whatever dog name was. She go get her granddad. She granddaddy, like, granddaddy, look who's here to see you. Jim Brown from the NFL. So they showing you. him all this respect, and I'm like, yo, this is dope. Then they sit down. And Jim Brown, like, yeah, my aunt told me you had been really wanting to see me, so I came over early just to make sure. And they having this beautiful convo, and I'm like, damn, dog must have been a real yeah, integral you know, part of his life. You know, me and your families go back, a honey, uh, whatever, whatever. We go back to when we all first came to the island. Yo, if there's anything that you ever need, I got your back, my nigga. And he's telling <laughs> him that, and Jim Brown, like, thank you. So then the granddaughter come out there, bring some lemonade. He even asked Jim, like, yo, you want some lemonade? Jim Brown say, no. Nah. Dog was like... Bring two lemonades just in case. So I'm like, yo, this nigga is nice. I love this. Then the granddaughter, while she bring the lemonade, she's like, oh, granddad, I need you to help me move that dresser or that, you know, whatever she asked him to move. And Jim say, oh, man, you know, you old. He like, man, you know I can help you with that. Dog say, come on now, Jim. <laughs> you know we don't allow niggas in this house. <laughs> Bro. But we're, we're so proud of you. Tap Bro, patted that man on his chest and, and sent him on. You could drink lemonade, sit on my porch. We could kick it, talk about life. Now the second I don't time, allow niggas in here. I watched that the second time because I was like, yo, you in the house already. Yeah, he never went that far. That was just a giant-ass porch. Yeah. Yep. is the size of most of y'all houses. Yeah. Uh, That's one of them big old country houses, for yeah. real. He went and called that man a nigger dead to his face. <laughs> And said, we don't allow, you know we don't allow niggas in this house. I ain't gonna lie, that was the first moment where I said, okay, I need to pay attention. And what's so funny, we don't allow niggas in the house. Yeah. Forget I, this house, nigga, the house. You can't come in the house, dog. Off that top. That means no matter where I live at, no, y'all don't belong. So I, I, I thought about that, right? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Only reason I say what does that mean. God damn it, I don't have to make this point. <laughs> Remember when we was really upset at uh, Donald Sterling? Yeah, um, because we overheard um, phone calls and stuff with him. Yeah, not ever did he say the word. He ain't say not n word. He ain't say no racial slur. He said you can't be out there chilling with the black man. And he never said it because I don't like you too. He said, "What will people think?" Mm. Like, so I know Donald Sterling, yo, yo, racist, blah, blah, blah. But on a private conversation that he did not know he was being recorded on, yeah, he never said a, a racial slur. And he said, you can't do this. What will people think? So when I start thinking about that, like, we don't allow niggas in the house. Is that because you clearly don't, it doesn't seem like you have an issue with black people. Yep. But you, but I, I don't Got recognize. Issue with niggas. I don't, I don't. I, <laughs> Like the world, we don't recognize you as like a person though. Yeah. Like we we cool, we cordial. It's like, yo, this you a pet dog. Yeah. Like I, you, mm. play, you play with the dog outside, you play with your neighbor's dog, you feed him, yep. you may even buy the little tricks and shit like that. But like, yo, we don't let dogs in the house though. Woo. Like we'll play with you, we'll have fun with you, man. We love take some pictures with the fucking dog, man. Yeah. But you can't come in here though. We, we don't let dogs in the house, my nigga. Like, hey, we love dogs. White people love dogs more than they love everything else. Yeah. 
But that dog can't come in this he house. Can't <laughs> <laughs> he can't come in the house. Man, that's um this scene was a real like it was a wake up call for the movie. And I think this was the moment where I said, okay, they're not gonna be playing with me. And him too. Yeah. Cause Jim, yo, speaking of Aldous Hodge's acting, like that moment, the face he made when dog said that, he looked like he didn't even know what to do. Like, wait, am I mad at him? Or did I know? That he was this way, and I convinced myself he wasn't because he offered me some lemonade. Like, what am I, What did I think? Because then it had me wondering, like, damn, I wonder if he ever called a nigga a nigger before. And then you think about race relations and shit, right? Yeah. So, oh, here go, here go, here go, here go one. We watched Queen and Slim. Facts. Them niggas is on the run. Facts. I love you. You my niece. But as soon as you show up here and we on the run, I'm not bringing you in my fucking house. Got to go. Because you bring too much trouble. You got to go. Doesn't mean I don't love you. Yeah. But in the that, in that, in that area and time is that, how do you approach that? Because like, yo, this quote unquote good white people to yeah. me. But if but I go in that house, that going to bring trouble. Here's the difference though with Queen and Slim. Bokeem ain't want them in his house because, hey, you done brought these cops here. Y'all got to get the fuck out. But I ain't say... I ain't letting this bitch in, this black bitch in my house. Like no, we don't let we don't let futures. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's one thing to let trouble in. It's yeah. another thing to let blacks in, dog. And, and, and apparently, blacks is trouble. Oh my god, dog. So that that was the moment for me. And then we um we see Malcolm. Well, first we see Betty at home watching Malcolm on TV. Um, and then we see him return. He comes back, and they had a conversation about him leaving the nation and. Particularly this particular point, I yeah. thought they did an excellent job at. Yeah. Um, because that was Mike Wallace on television. Mm-hmm. That was a young Mike mm-hmm. Wallace, and that was the actual footage of Mike From, Wallace. Yeah. But the footage on television was was due Kingsley. Yeah. I thought that was excellent because yeah. I see movies sometimes they'll just yeah. leave the regular one on there. No, I and need. It's like, to, no, I see that's not him. I need. I needed to be. I need that consistency yeah. to be there. I thought that was excellent. No, I, I peeped that too on the black and white. It's it. It's still. I don't. It damn near made it easier to tell for me on the yeah. black and white because he looked so much lighter and brighter, and them features just came off. And it was like, all right, that's easily him, but that was for real, Mike Wallace. So, um, him and Betty had a conversation about you know his desire to leave the nation and and what he was going to do with Muhammad. Um, and helping him convert and they kind of they weren't saying it yet but they were hinting at it with the conversation that he wanted Muhammad to become Muslim but come with me don't go with the nation this is one of the the, the um, parts where I was like yeah because um, there was a conversation between um, the Honorable Louis Minister Farrakhan um, well Minister Louis Farrakhan because that's mm-hmm. the Louis X they were referring yeah, yeah, to yeah. You know, yep. in Boston Um but I don't necessarily know that it went down that way. Yeah. Um, how it was alluded to in that. So I don't Yeah. One of them little like nuggets that we just we can't pinpoint. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh Farrakhan has talked about their conversation. Yeah. Because they were friends, so to speak. Um, well, I'll use that word loosely, but yeah. they, they they knew each other. Yeah. And um, at the time they was nation yeah. Yeah. members. So, so like uh it was just so it just painted the picture of, you know, I reached out to him for help, and he was like, no, nah, nigga, I ain't helping you. Yeah. Um, yeah. He like, what? Well, the reason I don't like that is because people have painted the narrative that he, that, that, that Farrakhan specifically was behind the whole thing. Yeah. With Malcolm. Like he pushed Malcolm out. Um, well, no, behind his assassination. Oh, yeah. Um, specifically him. Um, and like at that particular time, he just, he wasn't 
who he is now. Yeah, he didn't hold nearly the power. He was just in, within just, the nation. He was yeah. over Amas. Yeah, literally, and that was it. Yeah. Um, and if you want to learn more about Malcolm and about his assassination and some of the things that were going on during that time, go listen to our podcast. <laughs> um, we had an older episode a little while back. Uh, I'm actually looking for it now so I can get y'all the specific number. Um, also, just go on Netflix and um, what's it called? Who Killed Malcolm X? Who Killed X? Malcolm X? Who watch Killed that, Malcolm X? Watch that documentary. So our podcast was from that documentary, um, and it was episode 87 of the pod, if you want to go listen to that. One of my personal favorite pods we've done um, based on an amazing documentary. Dude. Yes. Uh, probably the most informative doc you'll ever get on Malcolm like it was unbiased information yeah dog literally has spent his life trying to figure out who killed Malcolm X to the point that and he's staunch Muslim he was a real but I'm not so Muslim that I won't get to the bottom of the the he was Muslim but not but not nation of Islam and so I'm going to get to the bottom of any potential corruption from the nation from the feds, from everybody. So go watch Who Killed Malcolm X and go listen to episode 87 of our pod. Um, but Betty and Malcolm have their conversation and and they allude to Malcolm leaving the nation and wanting to bring Muhammad with him. Um, but the alluding that they did didn't really give us the plan, but Betty asked him, like, yo, do you think Muhammad? She was like, you know, what are you going to do? And he said, I think I got to ace up my sleeve. And so it was like, okay. Yeah, and the, the the chronological order of different things were kind of like, like he hadn't been to Mecca yet. Yeah, yep. Um, the from all intents and purposes that I understand, the 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 plan to leave and start your own um, organization that wasn't until after he came back from Mecca. Yeah, um, and realized that, um. The differences in Yeah, between the nation and the the righteous tenets of yeah. Islam and Muslim. He even changed yeah. his stance a little bit on white people. Yep. Um because yep. he saw different worships and whatever. Yeah. Um so that was kind of, you know chronologically it was a little off. But I like so there were several things in the movie that were a little off chronologically, like um Change Gonna Come. Change Gonna Come had been written and performed like in January of that year. Um, this took place in February. So it was like, yo, I've already done this a month ago, but the way they had that conversation, it made it effective and, and made it impactful, even though it was technically not, you know, chronologically correct. So, um, the next thing is we see them down in Miami. Now, one thing I will say that the film didn't do, and I get it, you kind of got to get to it. And, and there are certain things you got to make assumptions on, but they didn't explain the friendship between Muhammad and these three. Cause with Kemp powers who wrote the play, who has a very interesting background, by the way, he, when he was a little kid, he killed his best friend playing cops and robbers. Shit. He was, must've been the cop thought, thought they had a fake gun, thought it was a toy that was sitting out and he was the cop. Probably. Cause the cops um, always yeah. kill. Yeah. They was literally on some like just playing even, like guns and shit. Been on accident. The yeah. Cops is a kid. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. When he was a little kid, they was playing with the guns. I don't know if they was playing cops and rock, but they was playing guns. You know how we yeah, do. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Shot his best friend when they was little kids, man. And, and killed him. That's crazy. But, wow. um, he went to prison. No, no. They were like kid kids. Like he black. Yeah. You know, they ain't good. Had he killed an adult. Not out the rim of pro- I mean nah, they, had he killed an adult, they'd have sent him to jail. Remember Kill they, another kid, cops out the kid, cops out. They love killing the kids. I mean But dog that killed from Michigan when he was eleven, he killed an adult. 
what I'm saying is yeah. a 14 year old put his little brother in a in a wrestling move and they get that nigga life. Yeah. 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 But I don't think he was even I think he was like young, young. Like we seven, we six. Yeah. Like even like the little, you know, rest in peace to that just happened here in the city. Remember, I don't a little know, infant yo. picked up a gun and killed his five year old brother the other day. I yeah. actually know dogs. Um, his uncle, man. So rest in peace, that little kid. It was in one of um, it was in Dave Chappelle's "Killing Me Softly" stand up that came out on Showtime. Uh-huh. He referenced that you know we got to get this little nigger off the streets. He's putting people in a cobra clutch, like you know the the. <laughs> <laughs> now, in fact, he was twelve years old. The little Emily white girl who went missing was like fourteen. Yeah, and yeah, was, and she was a. 11 miles away from her home. Yeah. And that's honestly, I would have loved to just get a hint of, cause when, what I was getting to Kemp powers wrote this and he centered it around Muhammad. It was because Muhammad was sort of the, the link to the three of them. Like these are all my friends. They know each other, obviously, but these are my friends. And so I would have liked just a little, like, I would have liked the time hop indifference. Yeah. Because when, like, when did that fight happen? Muhammad's first fight versus mm. the second fight. How many mm. months went by? Yeah. How, what was the time frame? Was one nine, in 1963? Yeah. Oh, shit. Now this 1964. Like, what yeah. was that time frame? Was this all? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Little tiny stuff. But, yeah, again, it's it's nitpicking at that point. But. We pop up to Miami for the Sonny Liston fight. Now, this is Muhammad's biggest fight of his career at that point. This is for the heavyweight title. This is for... Sonny Liston was the baddest man on the planet at that point. Muhammad fighting him, it's the biggest fight ever at that point. Um, So it was a big deal, dog. And he, young Muhammad, young 22-year-old Cassius Clay, rather, got in there and whooped up Sonny Liston real good, dog. Whooped him into submission. Sonny's on the take. Yeah, I don't know if you ever seen the documentary him that was on HBO years ago. He took a dive both of them fights. And when anytime a boxer submits, I think they're on a dive because he was that, but he was a, a, a degenerate gambler. Yeah, he's into it with the mob, and he owed a lot of people. Um, I but bad for Sonny Listen, that was a scary documentary. Yeah, I don't think they second fight he took a dive though. That second fight he just got his ass whooped. That, the second fight is the Phantom Punch. That was the second fight. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking it was, oh, well, yeah, it couldn't have been the first one because that's when he gave up. Yeah. Anyway, they in Miami. They fight. Muhammad Ali whoops him into um, submitting. He threw the towel in, never came out his corner. Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, I'm going to keep calling him Muhammad. Cassius Clay becomes the heavyweight champion of the world. And then during that, oh, oh, before we got to that, though, before they actually got to the fight, because some things did happen. That were um that were important. So when Cassius was doing like his famed the picture underwater where he boxing, he was doing that photo shoot. Great recreation too. Great recreation of that photo shoot. Um after that, he got out the water, he gets dressed, whoop, whoop, and he tells his trainers and I'm like, yo, I don't want to go watch no tape. I'm good, I'm ready, I'm prepared. I'm about to go talk to Malcolm. And he goes over to Malcolm's motel, um, because Malcolm's there as his spiritual leader. And they were even telling him, like, yo, they don't the people who like pay for your training and shit, whatever little organization, they don't like that you brought Malcolm down here because they white. And white people love you. They don't love Malcolm. They scared of Malcolm. They keep calling us demons. Yeah. Devils. <laughs> Man. And um, he like, look, Malcolm, they told me when they gave me the money, do with it as you please. 
I brought Malcolm here as my spiritual leader, so I'm about to go see him, get ready for the fight, get my mind right. So he went to go see Malcolm to pray. Um, it was right before sunrise. Um, they they went over there, and they also discussed Cassius announcing his transition to the nation, which I thought was kind of because he seemed a little hesitant. Like, yo, I, I still want to do it, but I don't know if I want to announce it. Like. Cause that's a big deal on my brand, right? Like right now I'm Cassius Clay. I'm this super charismatic, boisterous. I mean, 22 years old, you're a kid. 22, still. yeah. Like I'm, you telling me. And you scared of white folks. Let's be, let's keep a hundred percent. Like Damn, he's reason, from Louisville, Kentucky. The reason that um, Sam Cook and everything like y'all, y'all got to fear of white folks and rightfully so because yeah. this sixties, <laughs> y'all, y'all are legitimately killing us, right? Facts. Um, and he didn't want the he didn't want the backlash. And yeah. So I, I get it. And I get it. I get it. His hesitation was real, but Malcolm tried to talk him through it. Just let him know, like, yo, we gonna we'll worry about it later, man. But and low key, Malcolm was like, yo, you might want to turn the rhetoric down and just focus on a fight right yeah. now. Yeah. And then and then like I don't know that this conversation ever happened. happened. Yeah. Well, Muhammad Ali started talking about uh, gorgeous George. If you went to wrestling, yeah. Um. And explaining he was modeling himself. I don't know that that conversation ever happened or if he's ever said I that publicly. I feel like I've heard him say that Gorgeous George was his favorite wrestler before. I okay. don't know that he ever gave context to it, though. Um, but I feel like I've at least heard that. But to your point, he mentions, yo, Gorgeous George is a heel uh, back in the day. They ain't had that word back in the day. But he's a heel. Nigga, they pay $100 a ticket in that whole stadium to see him lose. Yeah. So, so I'm kind of thriving on this shit. Yeah, so I didn't want... Uh, folks to get the the idea that oh that he was playing a character yeah he didn't really feel this way yeah um I mean Sam Cook even alluded to it in the in the dialogue from here he was like I thought hold on hold on I thought they was just doing that to ride a white mm-hmm. folks up. yeah and it's like no nigga this is really a way of life and a belief and a religion and we're not just riling white people up like we got l- legit tenets that we should be honoring so yeah it was um i get him being scared to announce that publicly um have i don't know if you've ever done have you ever spent some time just watching interviews with muhammad ali yes on youtube yeah like all the 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 memories that we get of of muhammad ali it's always him screaming i am i'm the greatest i'm the greatest greatest." yeah there's hours of material of him why he wasn't um fighting on different talk shows and around yep. the country and around the world, him speaking about the race relations, what he yeah. wants from his people to want to be self-sufficient and whatnot. There's, it's about, it's, you know how many interviews it is in Nipsey? Nigga yeah. times 10. Yeah. <laughs> no, Muhammad sat down on every major That's platform. He made money when he was not From fighting. the 60s through the 80s. Like he has two decades of interviews available to watch and again the caricature that people have made him or where they just throw motivational clips at you i'm pretty yeah and it's just like float like a butterfly sing like a bee no and then it's like yo i sat down and i really had like real conversations with white people like telling them about black struggles and what i go through and like telling them boldly (laughs) he gave an example and like he says it in a layman's term where a regular person can understand yeah he was like do you think all white people are bad yeah, he said. Well, listen, if it's a whole bunch of snakes over here, <laughs> and eighty of them is venomous, and then you throw twenty of them that is not, yep. and I don't know which one is which, how should I act? Yeah, yeah, all the snakes is bad. Yep. 
As far as I'm concerned, they are. <laughs> I have to treat them that way. Yeah. Now we get to individually find out this one don't got no venom. Okay, fine. But I gotta like how how was a how does a logical thinking person react when it's a yeah. hundred deadly snakes in there and you didn't threw fifteen of them that was okay. Yeah. How should I act? Yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed the interaction that they show with Cassius and Malcolm pre-fight. Cause this was the only time we got in the movie where we saw just the two of them. So like you could see the sort of mentorship relationship, you know what I'm saying? Like that, like I'm guiding you into this. You could see that where, when they was in a room, Cassius was a little more defensive, a little more jovial. I didn't like, well, I don't know if I don't, it's hard for have conversations about people who aren't here. Mm -hmm. um, so they can't defend themselves. Yeah. Because we watched who killed Malcolm X. Yeah. It kind of painted a narrative that he went to Miami because this is at this particular point the world was on him. Facts, right? Everybody he, hated him. It was like, yo, I'm trying to get back into the nation. Let me. This is how it was painted. Yeah, I'm trying to get back into the nation. So let me see if I can bring in Cassius uh, Clay. Cassius Clay, yeah. and maybe that'll put us in his good graces. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that to be the truth. Um, and I don't know this to be the truth. So this one was like, nah, I went to get him. So I can get my own thing. Yeah. And like a lot of this stuff didn't hadn't happened yet. And that was the thing because he hadn't gone to Mecca yet um, and, and done that pilgrimage. It's like, all right, well, was he? I mean, again, it's it's not crazy to think he was already thinking about doing his own yeah. thing. It's not out of the realm of possibility. It's that not. Yeah. You would. But it's like, well, well, don't don't paint this as a like as him has as he's if as if he's an opportunist yeah. trying to use someone. Um, and the, some of the dialogue that they use was like, well, if you feel that I um, did anything wrong, blah, 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 then don't stand next to me, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And when we first started talking about, like one of the things that I, that I dislike about Muhammad Ali is how he treated Malcolm mm. when he got excommunicated. Yeah. He stopped fucking with him. Yep. Um, and I thought, like, yo, regardless of what we going through, like, we friends, man. Yeah. And I help bring you closer to your faith. Forget yep. bring you into organization. Like, I helped you sought me out, and I helped you. And at the time where, like, people are literally trying to kill me. Yeah. I'm going on the, the most stress I've ever been. I've been ostracized by everybody who loved me. I don't like. This is my own personal shit. Yeah. When niggas tell me how great Ali is, I'm like, fam, that's a major thing. That's a yeah, major it's a character, character flaw. flaw for me. It is me. a character flaw, yeah. Now, clearly I'm biased. Yeah, facts. <laughs> Malcolm, your favorite person ever. Uh, but. but it's like, yo, don't keep telling me how great, 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 and, like, don't leave nobody like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's and me. Uh, one thing I alluded to last week when we, you know, briefly mentioned the film during our American Skin review, um, of the four of them, Malcolm at that stage of his life, like Malcolm was literally drowning at that period in his life. And I mean that both personally and financially, yeah. like Malcolm was broke, broke at that point in his life. And, um, he, he didn't even pay for the trip to Mecca. <laughs> like that's not, so something that I thought about too, to your point of Muhammad sort of, or Cassius kind of turning his back on him after he was converted over and, and transitioned over. It's like, yo, 
you were of the four of them, you were his friend. I don't know how close he was to Jim Brown. I don't know how close he was to Sam Cooke. Um, I know there was a relationship there, but if they were, you know, cliques, I don't know. But you was his friend. So to know what happened, and then you were his friend and you went to the nation. You were very well aware of what was going on in the nation at that time, bro. I didn't realize how depressed and how much stress he was under other than, you know, people trying to kill you Facts. until I watched uh, Who Killed Malcolm X. Yeah. It painted a totally different picture. Yeah. And um, Betty even said in this, like, well, they own our house. They own the cars. Yeah. Um, Jim Brown alluded to it. He's like, Negro, you don't have a job. Facts. Like, yo, when Jim Brown said, <laughs> again, Aldous Hodge did a great job as Jim Brown. The way he delivered that line. You don't have a job. Like, Negro, like, <laughs> like let me tell you, bro. Uh, yeah. Um. But no, this was a, and that's, again, kind of going back to they jumped right into the night. I wish they would have given us a little more context, just a little, because there were certain things like you got to imagine no matter what side Malcolm was on, whether he was trying to get Cassius to come be on his side of Muslim faith or trying to get Muhammad or Cassius so he could get back in the good graces of the nation. You got to imagine either way he was desperate, though. Like it, it, this portion, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, it don't make sense because. I won't pressure you to tell everybody that you joined the nation yeah. for me to say, I don't want you to join the nation. I want you to join me. Yeah. Cause I'd have just been like, nigga be with me. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it didn't make sense in the same movie, in the same day for me to say, Hey, Hey, did you, did you tell everybody you joined the nation yet? Yeah. And we don't, that's the thing. We don't get that desperation from him that I know had to exist in that moment. Why would I pressure you to join the nation if I don't even want to be in the nation? Yeah. Like, it, don't, it, don't, yeah, it doesn't don't match make up. sense. Yeah. It, it literally doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, But then we see the fight. He goes in there. He whoops Sonny Liston. Then after the fight, um, they go back to Malcolm's room. Um, Oh, one thing we did see, they did show... Sam Cooke had been at the Fountain Blue with his wife, Barbara, and they were, like, having a good time. He was singing to her, had his guitar, jamming with her, and then he was kind of, he was over there, and I thought it was an important scene because Malcolm later says, like, yo, your your white assistant booked that room, right? Like, because Sam was like, yo, I want to go party at Fountain Blue. Ain't it funny how the... the the Fountain Blue is still supposed to be this, this spot? Super prestigious Miami spot. The, the, the racist ass niggas yeah, wouldn't even let that us Sam Cooke couldn't even book his room for Now we love to go We in love it We have to find Blue having a ball We couldn't even swim in their pools Literally though You know that's why black people don't swim right? Oh my god Cause like, we're, we're Yeah Like the the whole joke about black people not being able to swim Comes from During that time frame um, You couldn't swim because they would support bleach in the water uh, white folks used to literally fuck with us while he was in there, so we never went to the swimming pools because we they were either white only swimming pools, yeah. or if you went in there, they'll pour bleach in the water. Yeah. Matter of fact, they got pictures and video or pictures of them throwing bleach in the water at that hotel. Mm. Mm. Right. So like, your parents never taught you how to swim because they didn't swim. Yeah. Because it was unsafe. To. They weren't allowed to, and it wasn't safe. And then if you think about their parents. And maybe their parents, fam, I don't want to get in the water because look what happened when we got in the water. No, yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's it's levels to... The bipro- that, ra- that racism shit is different. Facts. And the PTSD that comes from black folks' initial 
And so much yeah. so, when black people start getting in the pool, white people said, we're not doing this shit no more. We start putting yeah. pools in our homes. Fam, literally, there are films, and, and they're obviously based on uh, fictional accounts or real accounts, but images of black people getting in the pool and white people getting out. Facts. Like, that happened. Nigga, it happened. Last yeah. summer. Facts. When, when was in Florida, I was like, watch when we go to... Watch when we go down and all the white folks going to get out the pool. Because hey. it was 93 of us at the hotel. They didn't want a, you there. They didn't want you there. And it was like, watch. Yeah, dog. And it's interesting, man. And now that I'm thinking about it, even when uh, when they showed Cassius recreating that underwater picture, they said, he don't even know how to swim. Why? Wonder why. From Louisville, Kentucky. Wonder why. He never had swim classes and got in a pool. Yeah. Interesting. That, and that it, shit about black folks can't swim, it ain't because we less talented. I, I'll tell you Not that. at all. Because I can actually swim my ass off. Likewise. So, um, yeah, man. But after the fight, they go back to the room. Um, and Sam Cooke was at the room first. He got there first before the rest of them pulled up. They said he sped through every light. But it was interesting because it's like, yo, you were there first, but you were the one who wanted to party at the Fountain Blue more than anybody. Because I'm trying to get away from my wife, nigga. Man, <laughs> man. <laughs> like, yes, get me out of here. He I said I had to drop Barbara off. <laughs> they was like, damn, nigga, you dropped her off and still beat us? She was all like, hey, you want to? Nope, nope, that's okay. Nope, hanging with the homies tonight. Jim Brown's in town. <laughs> he ain't playing the Dolphins. You show you the one? Like it's fight night, yeah, and your yeah. and your and your girl trying to be like, yo, you you don't want to put me in your arm, like nigga, you a superstar. Can you? And it's fight night. This is a Floyd fight. Why they don't have fight night in Miami no more? Like, how do we shift everything to Vegas for like the biggest fights? Um, a lot of the, uh, boxing promoters and mm. a lot of people go when they just went to Vegas. Yeah, because I'm like, no, fight night in Miami would be nuts. <laughs> like a fight at this magnitude would be nuts, dog. And they know where to to fight um the part of Miami that, that people the niggas care about. I mean put them niggas in Dolphin Stadium, let them go crazy. Flip that shit. They'll drive over to South Beach. They'll figure it out. It's only 18 minutes. They'll figure it out. Um, so when they get back to the room, everybody's there, and then this is the bulk of where the movie takes place within this room. Sort of an ode to the fact that this was a play. On my second time watching, they got into the shit real quick. They did. And they the did. movie was like it felt shorter it felt the, shorter. Second, the yep. second time I watched it because, yeah, I guess because it was so intense. Prior to we had no idea what was going to happen, so yeah, it was a very um. I thought it was a very well paced movie. Um, they they got right to the shits again. The little like nuances that you and I said like oh upon second watch I wish they would have got into. Even if they did, I still don't think this shit would have dragged. Like, they no. got right to it, and the conversation started happening immediately, man. Um, obviously, they started off celebrating. Cassius just won. You're the youngest heavyweight champ at the time. Like, shit is crazy. It's live. It's lit. He bouncing off the walls. They ready to go party. But Malcolm was like, yo, I thought it would be good for us to kind of get away from the noise for a minute and just chill. <laughs> they pulled up like, where the hell's that? Yeah. It was like, uh, it, it knows. It's just us. Yo, can you imagine <laughs> winning the heavyweight title and your man like, yo, I got a room, pull up, and then yo, you go and it's just you and your man and your man's like, and your man's. Like, why they thought Malcolm was about to throw a killer party, though? <laughs> <laughs> ah, they like, thought why, Malcolm why they was thought, finna get busy. <laughs> like, if you Jim Brown facts, and you Sam McCook, y'all coming through the party that Malcolm's throwing? No. 
No. Don't nothing about Malcolm seem like, yo. Well, maybe they were like, well, he going to dip into the Detroit Red. That, no, nigga. <laughs> this, no. <laughs> Ain't no more straight laced than Malcolm. Nah, nah. That um, I know of. And again, I, I can imagine you possibly thinking that Malcolm was finna get. Oh, you know what? He was like, well, yo, he he on timeout from the, from the, from the nation, so maybe he about to turn up. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, no. Um, But Malcolm was like, yo, I just wanted the four of us to, you know, just sit down and kick it and talk, man. I just really wanted to kick. Fam, I just won a heavyweight title. I do not want to talk to y'all. <laughs> like, I think I'm 22. Also a thing. Malcolm, you 38. Also a thing. Like, Malcolm's, fam, I'm old enough to be your father. Sam Cook, what, 33. Like, low-key, Muhammad had a real wild, like, crew at the time. Like, your boys is kind of old. But he said later in the film why it was important for them to be friends. Mm. Don't nobody else know this. Yeah. Fam, we young, black, and we got money. Yeah. It's only a few of us who understand us. It ain't a lot of us who get what we're dealing with every day, man. And uh, let's talk about some of the convos they had in the room, man, because then it became sort of a breakdown of each of them, right, yeah. as uh, as shit went on. Even though I do feel of all four of them, they dug into Jim Brown less. Yeah, I than, didn't like how they made that nigga seem like he was the credible hog, though. <laughs> Muslim nigga would have beat your ass, dog. Hey, nah, they, they, them, do them, martial art, they do martial arts training. I know you, you, you're strong in your little NFL nah, shit. Them, them old uh, NFL clips where them old linebackers be talking about trying to tackle Jim Brown, I get it, dog. That nigga Dick Buckus said I had to bite his ankle through the skin because he would not go down. He said he dragged me 30 yards. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Chop your ass in the throat. Hey. <laughs> the fruits would have got him. I'm just saying. They do real martial arts facts, training, facts, my nigga. Facts. Like, <laughs> no, it was I mean, I I feel like Lance wasn't the fruit that would have got him though. Like it might we might have needed Jamal, get in here. <laughs> hey yo, uh that nigga stays in shape. I'll just say that. Facts, oh, facts. That, that nigga stays facts. in shape. That's also a fact. That nigga finds a way. I don't know why. But in most of his roles, he finds a way to take his shirt off. I'm like, yo, <laughs> like, why you got your shirt off, uh, Lieutenant Daniels? Like, <laughs> why, nigga? <laughs> you can't tell me him and Kim are not related. Kim? Kim? The singer Kim. Uh-huh. Mm. I've said that since The Wire and when Kim came out. I was like, yo, is that Lieutenant Daniels? Man, come on, dog. Quit playing with me. I'm watching so- Fringe. Like, why does this nigga shirt off in the Fringe? <laughs> like, this don't make no sense. He gonna let you know he lean. He lean. So that nigga, he has a very skeletal like jaw, like his facial frame. So, um, but no, you when they when they started talking, I, didn't I feel that like nigga in real life, that nigga, uh, I, nigga shook my hand. He, it was it was too much strength coming from inside of the head. Oh no, I, I was there. I was like, yeah, what up, nigga? No, <laughs> they gave. Why you think they ain't give Jim Brown a little bit more depth? And like, cause they dug into Malcolm, they dug into Muhammad or Cassius, they dug into Sam, Jim Brown. They kind of left it as like, you're the greatest athlete. Like when they they started talking about his desire to act, but it was like, why? Like they ain't get into the why for Jim Brown. And I was like, I understood everybody else. I didn't understand him in that moment. They let everybody speak for him. He didn't really get to express that shit himself. Yeah. And um, he had a conversation with Malcolm. Yeah, but it was a one on one, not a. It wasn't a bunch of range in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, his conversation with Malcolm on my second watch, 
might have been my favorite scene from the film. Like, they got into it, man. I even got a clip. But is Jim Brown a speaker like that, though? See, that's what I don't know. Because he's not. Yeah. Um, not, And that's not not as, like, a shot at him. Yeah. But especially in those days, yeah, he don't. He don't strike me as the one that's about to get up and make some giant emotional, logical. Yeah. He seems like the everyday. I'm I'm gonna make my points. Yeah, he's literally been doing the work for a long time, but the 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 level of conversation that was going on, level of dialogue, I don't get that from Jim Brown. Yeah, I could be wrong though, because clearly that was before my time. Yeah, I I felt like. Jim Brown, and maybe that was the point to make Jim Brown more of a presence. Yeah. Um, because obviously he had a presence, like, but you know, when you see him later in like the some of the black exploitation films that we seen him in, they made that nigga like he was Mr. T. Yeah, they really did. But I'm like, maybe that was the point. Like, yo, nigga, I'm back here and you know who I am and you know not to fuck with me. But I don't say much. Side note, uh, when y'all get a chance, just Google um on YouTube rather, uh, Mr. T interviews, cause that shit is on point. Yeah. I had no idea that Mr. T was Mr. T. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, um, but you could kind of tell ironically, uh, even though it's, it's a caricature of who he is, but he gives bars in Rocky In Rocky. He literally gave bars all day long through that movie. And it was like, yo, they, I know they making fun of him, but he kind of talking that shit. And it's a video, uh, of Mr. T on David Letterman a bunch of times. And he was explaining why he had these busted up shoes and, yeah, um, he was just a bodyguard that, that somehow got famous. Um, but yeah, in, in any event, they had Jim Brown like he was Mr. T though. Yeah. Um, but we didn't get much from Jim. However, we did get a, a lot from Muhammad from Cassius. I'm a swear I'm call him Cassius. Uh, we got a lot from Cassius. We got a lot from Sam. We got a lot from Malcolm. So let's talk a bit. So Malcolm told them off top, yo. I really wanted to celebrate some good news. And they got right to it. Cassius about to convert over, man. We about to transition him over to the nation. Immediately, Jim and Sam wasn't feeling that shit. They like, nigga, for what? Like, why? Why you want to do that? You 22, like, you changing your religion. You doing all this. You don't want to be seen as the black, white man hating. Because black folks is are hardwired to be Christian. Yeah, we're hardwired to be Christian, and at that time, we were hardwired to be afraid of what the white people would do if the white people thought you weren't afraid of them. And that was the look that Jim Brown and Sam Cooke gave them. Don't 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 be out here speaking bad on white people in public. Yeah, and it was like, fam, do you think that's what the nation is about? Do you think that's what being Muslim is about? It's just talking bad on white people. And they looked at Malcolm like, well, that's all he do. Nigga, you even talked about, you said uh, good riddance when JFK got assassinated. And Malcolm's like, hey, I ain't say good riddance, nigga. I thought that was a good dialogue. It was. Because that's ultimately what caused the downfall yeah. of everything. Oh, um, that was the beginning of the end um, for Malcolm. Yeah, that literally, yeah, specifically literally. that. That JFK comment was, again, he didn't say good riddance. But that was the sentiment that he gave. Chickens coming home. Chickens coming home to roost. Whew. Oh man, ruined him. Man, ruined him. And they asked him the first time, and he and he 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 passed it because he was told. Yeah. And, and then the second time, I was like, Come he. On. That second time was like you kind of your stomach drop a little bit. And if y'all don't know what we're referring to, go just YouTube, YouTube, do your Googles. Um, 
Malcolm X comments on JFK assassination and it'll tell you loud and clear what happened after that point. Cause up until then you were a nigga that talked and yeah, they might've felt you was a threat, but now you're ruining the brand. Dog. And, and it's going to cause some discord. And unfortunately that was the beginning of the, the downfall of Malcolm X with regard to the nation. So, um, but Sam called him out on that. He said, yo, nigga, my grandma, he was like, my mom cried when JFK got killed. And how does it look? Me telling her, oh, that's my friend saying good riddance. That's a valid question. A valid point. Yeah. Um, Because in that moment, JFK was the first president that black people started to not look at as a bad president or against black people. So for those like Sam Cooke's mom in that statement, fam, now you, this, my mom loved him. And I got to explain that my black friend just said, uh, I'm glad he got killed. That's a hard thing to explain, bro. And of course, the media has been the media forever. Facts. So regardless of what I said, I'm going to perpetuate what, what you felt. Yeah. I'm a, What it made me feel like is what they're going to get on TV and say. Yeah. Oh, well, Malcolm said, uh, good luck. He, yep. he, he deserved it. Like, no, nigga, that ain't what I said. I'm going to spin everything. And it's because, yo... If I say, what if you say, yo, the sudden guy casting assassinated? Like, man, karma's a bitch. That's the same thing as saying yeah. chicken come, chickens come, come on, on the roost. Yep. Fam, it's karma. I can't control it. Yeah. You put it's, them fucking chickens out, them motherfuckers come they right gonna back roost. to you. They gonna roost. Chickens will roost, dog. And um, that began sort of the tension that we started to see between Sam Cooke and Malcolm throughout the rest of the film. Like, now, I don't know if that tension actually existed. No idea. But Malcolm started calling Sam out on his shit. Like, yo, nigga, you want to go party back to Found Blue? Huh? Where your, where your white assistant uh, booked the room? He was like, did you book it or did he? So the whole thing is, I see so much potential in you. Yeah. And y'all got all these giant voices. Yeah. And you're not using it. And fortunately or unfortunately, that can get tired sometimes. You'll see a nigga on the internet all day under insert star picture here talking about how much money did you give back? Count another nigga money. Telling yep. another nigga to do yep. another person what you want him to do with his life. Facts. Um, however, when the civil rights movement that we have romanticized so much, yeah, when you actually living in it, we act like police is killing us every single day. Mm-hmm. That's not the actual truth. No, they aren't. But... They kill us enough that it becomes an issue, though. Towards in those days, yeah, it was more like that. Yeah, like it was, it was literally like that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like whether it was the police, whether it was the 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 nigga down the street or whatever, it was a more clear and present danger then. Yeah. And while he's in it, like, look, man, y'all got to help us out, man. I'm out here speaking. Jim Brown, he ain't had it easy. He speak his mind. He like in 19 19 64. Yeah. He like, yo, things are changing. Yeah. Like we we don't we don't got to do what white folks say. We 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 live in our own. It sounds like some shit you will say right now. Facts. Because every year we think that we low key every year is better than the year before. Mm. As far as like for black people, the yeah. further you go back, it's worse. Yeah. Cause like twenty twenty one is gonna be better for black people than twenty twenty was. Like there's not a year in the past I would go back like, yo, this was a great year from black people. Yeah. It's only gonna ever get better. Cause it's always it has to improve. Cause it's always worse. It's always worse. Yeah, right. But they think that it was really, really good, and like, yo, this is the time, and this and that. Fam, help us out. Yeah. 
I and I I get Malcolm's call for Sam using his voice, but I'm also very much a proponent of. And again, I get that the '60s is a different time; it's a different era. But my era, I'm always a proponent of. Don't try to control creatives. Yeah, um, Let me help in my way. Yeah, like I'm doing this by hiring black people, putting black folks on my label. I'm bringing back. I'm allowing them to make their own money, own their own masters, own their own systems. That's how I'm helping out black people. I, I'm writing love songs, sure. And and maybe these love songs ain't your cup of tea, Malcolm. But yo, he's, he's chuckling, jiving, and shit. He's doing, he doing this little shit. But then even kind of to Sam's point, hey nigga, because Malcolm said, yo, when they was talking about the Copa, he goes, yeah, they don't they don't like you like they love them chucking at Jackie Wilson and, and James Brown and them, uh, Sammy Davis and them. They don't love you like that, cause yo, I'm chucking and jiving, but I ain't. He was trying to. He was on this Martin shit. He's yeah. Like, yo, one day we're gonna have one music chart. Yeah. Where all the rappers can sing on the same chart. Like you know what I'm saying? He was like, well, what kind of message do a do a paint? Where you doing one show for black people and another show for white folks? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, which is valid on both sides, but fam, there's a there's a everybody has a different role to play in this fight. Facts. Someone's an actual fighter, as in Muhammad Ali, and someone's an actual trainer. Yeah. Who, who? Someone's a cut man. Someone is the nutritionist. You know, everybody plays a role to get somebody ready for this fight. Yeah. So you may arouse somebody up um, emotionally, but somebody got to back this shit financially. Yeah. Mm. Now, those are conversations that, that we had in this movie. Yeah. But everybody has their own particular way of doing things and you don't have the right over someone else's actions. You can voice your opinion and y'all can have a discussion about it. Um, when everybody remove their ego and actually have a conversation, then it's different. Yeah. But it was so much hostility there. And I understand because you'll be thinking like, man, I'm out here struggling. Niggas is trying to kill me. I'm putting I'm putting all this shit on my back. Y'all got the fucking the vehicle to help me maneuver and y'all not helping. Yeah. The way that I see fit. Not saying that's right, but there there's a frustration there. And then on the other side, you got, man, I'm out here financially strapping and doing all this or whatever, whatever, and you not respecting what I'm doing. So there's that conflict. So to that point, you Sam Cook, you own your own shit. You got your own label, your masters, your your everything, your wealthiest shit even just grabbed up that white manager you got and said nigga you ever made a quarter million dollars i have and threw that nigga out your dressing room like you're a different type of black person but say you didn't give a fuck about the struggle you're still black and you still a black person being successful in your own black ass way do you have to like everybody doesn't have to give a fuck about the struggle and i think that's what fucked malcolm up is because i care so much and it seems you care so little, but I'm your friend and I know that's not true, but I ain't seeing you give that like to the people. You're not publicly um, telling people what the struggle is. Do you have to? Like, do you have to care if, cause you still black, whether you give into this struggle or not, you're still black. No, you may not be. Yeah. With your money, you think you white. Mm. Like not saying this is Sam yeah, Cook, but a lot yeah. of niggas. Oh, I got money now. I don't fuck with this nigger shit over here. Yeah, I'm yeah. not in your neighborhoods. 
Well, when somebody, when when the, when the police or somebody really yeah. shows you that you that black, you black as hell, when they give you that reminder, don't come back looking for a support then. Mm. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yep. if you got enough, fun, like fuck it, maybe you don't want to be the front man. Facts. Well, how about you fund the revolution on the side? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or do something like you do have a responsibility. If you're literally your your people are literally getting killed, and like nigga, this is the '60s. We're Man. not far removed. No, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you exactly what Malcolm starts for on that because I thought this was one of the more powerful scenes in the film. We got call. There is no more room for anyone. Not you. Not me. Not Jimmy. Not saying no one to be standing on the fence anymore. Our people are literally dying in the streets every day. Black people are dying every day. And a line has got to be drawn in the sand, Jimmy. A line that says either you stand on this side with us or you stand over on that side against us, Cass. And I, I, I believe, I believe in that brother's potential, Jimmy, too much. And even that's powerful, right? Like, I believe so much in your potential to be useful on our side in the fight that I'm trying not to even allow you to look like you on that other side, dog. He used, um, because they was going back and forth, right? Yeah, yeah. And Sam started making some points. Like, I own this. Yeah. When this white folk, when this white person make this song, um and they dance the daughters dancing they don't even know they, they paying me, me. they yeah. paying the black when they man. buy that Beatles know. record they are paying me like do it make sense to, to to run business different than white folks or worse than white folks and everything like that because I'm making the music people want to dance to blah 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 yeah and then put Malcolm in a in a corner the 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 the, the, the fiction version he was like well fuck it let me let me let me go ahead and he go to piece of evidence. He go yeah. exhibit C. Let me take yeah. this damn record out. And I put this record out by Bob Dylan. And it's some and he played it. And like, yo, how many how many miles must a man? Yo, where did Malcolm pull that record from? Like that album from? Like Malcolm went to the closet and grabbed that shit. Yeah, like, it looked like it was like in his bag or yeah, something. Yeah, like, like oh, damn, I guess that's how niggas used to care. That's the MP3. <laughs> so Malcolm played it and and the lyrics. Um, go how many it was like how many miles must a man walk before you call that man a man or yeah. something like that and and essentially Bob Dylan if you're familiar with Bob Dylan's music was never shy against political movements civil rights like against nothing like Bob Dylan yeah he was a white dude from wherever the fuck Bob Dylan was from but he was a very much so a human like yeah and and Malcolm plays this record in front of the f three of them and he looking dead at Sam, and he goes... Sam is feeling a little bit sick. Oh, Sam was definitely in his... Because Malcolm, even the way Malcolm approached it, he said, I heard a song and I thought about you. Man. And he played it. That shit was hurtful. And after it goes off, he said, nigga... Now, Bob Dylan's a white guy from Kansas, right? Or from uh, Minnesota. Minnesota, right? And he said, why would a white guy from Minnesota write that song? Talking about our struggle. Nothing to gain. Nothing to gain being a white guy from Minnesota to talk about our struggle. And then it's higher on the charts yeah. than anything. Because Sam's defense wrote. was, I can't sing that and be successful. And he was like, so why is that song higher on the charts right now than anything you've ever written? You singing all that love, do the do 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 booty bop shit. That you that you that you manipulated from old church songs. Yep. 
I mean, Malcolm was giving him bars. Nigga just picked his coat up and left. Sam got up and he, he dipped. And that's where the scene I just played, yeah. that followed that. Because, nigga, I'm tired. I'm tired of watching brothers with the potential that Sam Cooke has stand on the sideline. And again, we don't know yeah, if this is an no actual conversation or if this is even how Malcolm felt. Yeah. But I could imagine that he thought at least some of these sentiments, not necessarily about Sam, but about some black people who he knew had way more potential to be powerful in this movement. And, and he goes like, yo, we are in a change. Times are changing. And it's funny because we look at them now and it's like, nigga, times was not changing in 1964. But it's like for them, they were. I mean, the Voting Act's right in the, in the Civil Rights Act, 1965, right? Or 1967? We're going to be historically accurate right here. I'm not going civil rights. 64. Yeah, I want to say 64. Okay. So this is all that same year. Um, But it's just a powerful conversation to have. Like, yo. Quite literally, times were changing. Times were changing. But. And. This was after the assassination of JFK because mm-hmm. uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, a known racist, mm-hmm. signed the, the Civil, Civil Rights, Rights Act. Act. Facts. So after Sam leaves, he leaves in a haste, right? He pissed off. Um, something that happened before then that was, again, just relevant. It was these little nuggets that I could appreciate because they kind of brought some humanity to Malcolm. Um, he went outside to go get his camera. And when he went to the car to go get his camera, while he was out there, he was like, you know what? Let me call my wife. Called her from the payphone, and he talked to his daughter for a while before he jumped on the phone with Betty. But what I loved about this moment wasn't the convo he had with Betty. It was the convo he was having with his daughter. Because so many times when we see things about Malcolm, they don't humanize him. Like, you look at most of the images we see of Martin, it's either him giving a speech or him happy with his family or happy with Coretta, happy with, but it's never, like, we don't see that other side of Martin where we knew existed. Like, yo, he was an adulterer. He was a thug. I, not a thug, but, like, I cannot, Martin wasn't soft. I cannot find any pictures that Malcolm X took because mm. he had a camera yeah, with him yeah, yeah. often. He had a camera with him that night. So, you yeah. know, when they went to the, to the bar, yeah. Of him taking a picture of Malcolm X, but it's like, where is where's cameras? the footage from where, his camera? Where are these? Where yeah. are these pictures? Because because yeah. he clearly was in the cameras. Yeah, and and huge. I, I mean, am Malcolm X. <laughs> I am Malcolm X. <laughs> but um, no, I I really thought that the movie did a great job humanizing Malcolm X and making him seem like him. Yeah, say he said a lot of things and a lot of things he may have, you know, said out of anger against white people, which is well, fine. Anger against the system, which is fine. But dog, Malcolm X was still a man, dude. What's so funny? And he loved is, his family. I've watched I don't I mean, I've watched dozens of hours yeah. of, of Malcolm X speeches. Fam, it is you hard pressed to find some shit he said hateful about white folks. You hard pressed to find some shit he said. Now I would call the I would I would point out historical facts and everything I back up with. Like I said this because this happened. Yeah. Can you dis? Yeah. 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 And everything was like, let us do this shit for ourselves. We want to do this for ourselves. Integration ain't working. Let's separate. Let's do this for ourselves. Or I'll sit there and and, and debate um, on television with white pundits 
all the time because that's what that's typically if you go look for an interview it's him or if he's just speaking on the corner back when he was speaking on corners it was explaining what the white man was doing to yeah. us them police beating us and yeah. and but or, see that's the thing when when white people see them clips of him talking about shit that it was happening to black folks the shit that was happening to us was violent shit it was horrific shit so when he's talking about it passionately he sounds aggressive Talking about them closing down hospitals, yeah. talking about Harlem Hospital, yeah. and, and, and like, fam, this is this is political. He sounds aggressive. So to see a film take, he didn't have a lot of moments where he was loud and passionate and aggressive. It was, hey, brother, how you doing? It was very like calm, and it was the normal what I assumed Malcolm X was twenty three hours a day outside of when he got riled up by some shit white people did. And it's just like, you know, they always try to villainize and... And, and I urge you, man, just yeah. to type in Malcolm X speech yeah. in YouTube. And the most of the shit you're going to find out, it ain't him yelling and being boisterous. They got a couple... Shit, Malcolm X interviews. Yeah. yeah. Michael, Malcolm, Malcolm X, X talking. Like, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just not. Yeah. Just the same as if you look at some Farrakhan interviews, yeah. like... It's, it's a lot of talking. Now there yeah. are there are moments which you, you you I mean the energy gets up. Yeah. But like no. And here's the thing. Whether we talking Farrakhan, whether we talking Malcolm, whether we talking uh Khalid Muhammad. Yeah, Khalid Muhammad, whether we talk shit, we can go to Black Panthers, we talk Huey P and Bobby Port. Like it don't matter which one of these quote militant brothers that we talking New about. Era Detroit. Yeah. When you listen to what they're saying, they're not condemning fucking whiteness they're fucking talking about not condemning blackness dog and and that's the issue that white people had that's why they're gonna say oh this angry black man he not angry he hurt lewis x was not angry he was hurt is anger not a human emotion it is especially when you do our people this dirty as we've been done but they never wanted to cop to that so it was easier for them to say look at this angry black man over here he just want to kill all white people. No, he don't. He just wants y'all to stop killing all black people. That was the issue. Um, something else that came up when they were in there talking, man. Uh, Cassius made a real. So when Sam was kind of on him, like, "Yo, you trying to convert Cassius over to the nation?" Now that I like, you bring him down here to use him, and that nigga Malcolm said, "Yo, he came to me." For some guidance Like he came to me His passion for the nation Was on And Cassius cut him off He said um, Hey Passion might be a bit strong and I thought that was Cause again This is a convo I don't know that it happened But damn A 20 And rest in peace Muhammad Ali I would. This is one of them questions I love Nigga how Damn is, I'm 22 how, can, how could passion Be a bit strong Have you seen you yeah. Have you heard you? Yeah. Nigga, I told you to turn down the rhetoric in this movie. Facts. Like, no, nigga, you out here talking. Facts. Like, you you, you got a mouthpiece on you. But mouthpiece or not. If that ain't passion, I don't know what it is. Mouthpiece or not, am I really passionate about this nation thing? Or from getting the spiritual guidance that I got from my friend Malcolm, did it sound good? Because I'm still 22 and impressionable. And when this 30-something-year-old man is talking to me and we, you know, he kind of showing me what he's gained from being in the nation. And the, I see how wild he was. And now I see how how he is. And the rest of the brothers. Yeah. Because these niggas, just, some of these guys was, was was stone cold killers. Facts. And out here doing their thing. And, I, and, and, and through the nation were reformed 
and discipline and stop doing all that stuff. Hell, even my man Jamal, when he popped in, when Malcolm was downstairs and he popped in on them to get the autographs, um, they asked him straight up, yo, do you regret not, or do you regret joining the nation? He said, yeah, I guess I have some regrets. I regret I ain't do it sooner when I was younger. And they asked him, how you like it? He was like, beat snatching purses in Toledo. Like, this changed my life. And I, I didn't like the fact that they threw in this one part. It was like, well, um, if I would have joined earlier, the guy that used to beat me up or some shit. Yeah, that was, put him, yeah, we could have put him on his ass. Fam, can somebody, I've been saying this for a while, can somebody yeah. point me to an article or something somewhere where the nation of Islam has physically done something to somebody? Malcolm X. That's the only one I had. <laughs> and that's fucked up. That's the only one I had. <laughs> that's fucked up. That's the only one I had. But outside of that, no, that that notion or even the fruit of Islam when they when they when they hired to to, to do security, like where yeah. where is the footage? Where are the reports? Yeah. Even with the Black Panthers, like I always hear that yo, one side was nonviolent, other side was for the violence. Where yeah. is the violence? Yeah. I oh, think I, I I kind of feel like I'm being sold a bill of goods that that's Let's, now granted. I wasn't around in those times. Facts. So when I ask this question, that's not a statement. No, no, it's no. It's an actual I'm question. I'm asking you to show me. Because I don't have the data to back that up. Yeah. Let's let's you kind of just hit on something. It's a bit off the movie, um, but still a bit on because it's about Malcolm X and going to the point of this film humanizing him a bit. Um, we're what, uh, a week and a half past Martin Luther King's birthday. Yeah. Um and and almost a week past when when we acknowledged his birthday. So <clears throat> um on that day I saw several people and I see it every year, but this time I saw it like in a row. I feel like sometimes the algorithms grab the same thing and throw it all in a row on your timeline. Yeah. And I saw several people on there Nigga, I ain't celebrating this nigga today. I'm more Malcolm than Martin. I'm more this than that. I'm more. They was on that bag, like uh, Malcolm, Malcolm, Malcolm. And I'm like, dog, we love Malcolm. We love and respect and 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 really look up to a lot of the things that Malcolm was about. A lot of shit he believed in. A lot of things he said. We know what Malcolm was about and what he wanted our people to be about. We know that. But for folks to think that Martin was just this pushover, dog, and to go to your point that you just made of, yo, I'm asking you, we heard about this one side that was about nonviolence and this other side that was so violent. Show me the violence. We didn't see the violence from Malcolm definitely or Martin. Not, definitely not against white people. Not against white people. Like, we not didn't in, see. I, I, now, whether you went into an area yeah, yeah, yeah. and cleared it out because they were selling crack in yeah, the neighborhoods, yeah, yeah. that's that something, was something different. different. That was something different. We know that they was trying to do better. By our neighborhoods and our people And yeah. a lot of that shit that was happening in the hell We wasn't for And that was one of the things that Martin I mean I'm sorry that Malcolm, Matt Malcolm yeah. had concerns with Like look man We've been preaching all this shit yeah. And one of these niggas got killed We got the army Yeah, we, we They go through their martial arts training They they they, they on the at attention They know how to fight They know how to shoot Yeah so let's use them yeah. And Elijah Muhammad was like no Yeah that's not what we're and doing it's, And it's frustrating Yeah Because White folks was was terrified at the threat 
of violence. Yeah. Yep. At the at the fact that wait a minute, y'all got people that y'all trained. Yep. And you got somebody now. Y'all didn't actually do it yet, but we're afraid of this. We we clearly we knew we, we the J Edgar Hoover looking for the next black messiah. Yep. Like we was afraid that this might be the one who did it. Yeah. So. I didn't like how they they positioned it. Oh yeah, we would have got him such like where is the violence at? And and that's my thing, man. Like yes, Malcolm obviously was a lot more boisterous when he spoke um about, you know, what black folks could be doing and what the nation was prepared to do. But just cuz he spoke about it and and Martin spoke a little more I mean, one of the one of one of one of his famous lines was like, "Oh, we are we uh the, the honorable Elijah Muhammad yeah. teach us nonviolent yep. keep our hands to yourself. But if one of them devils put their hands on you, you wipe them off the face of the earth. Boom, boom. We don't go looking for trouble. Yeah. But if one of them touch you, we wipe them off the face of the earth. But when it came to to Malcolm being violent and Martin being nonviolent, fam, neither of them were violent. Oh, both were prepared. Martin ran when they had the choppers. Man, Martin, and that's what when I called when I said Martin was a thug earlier, I ain't mean to imply that he was in Martin was not no soft ass nigga from Atlanta. No, nigga. Martin was ready for whatever, dog. But the thing was, I need to show outwards that we here for peace. Yeah. I can't engage yeah. with that. And that's but, but don't think push it comes can't shove. Happen. And and that's where I'm like, yo, when I say yes, the two of them were so different in so many ways. But when I tell y'all they were alike in that one way that y'all think they were most different, fam, no, both of them was ready for whatever. Let me ask you a question. What's happening? How many sermons you heard Martin Luther King give? I'd say over 20. Like I, actually speaking about the Bible in Jesus. Oh, and oh God. like, sir, I'm thinking like him talking no. in a church. Sermons, I may have heard one. May have heard one, maybe two. You've and you don't. You ain't never heard nothing from Malcolm except p- politics. Facts, facts. I know it's Reverend Doctor Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. Where the sermon at? Yeah. It was all politics from him too. Yeah, these were two politicians. Yeah, without what, what what one party was the <laughs> the NOI party. Yeah, another one was the Black Folks Church. Yeah, and but that's the thing too. Even to that point, Martin spoke a lot in the church. But actually saying, yo, turn your Bibles to, to John verse 15. Reverend Jesse Jackson, yeah. huh? Mm. Reverend Al Sharpton, too. Mm. Where Al Sharpton Church at? Mm. Where, where his sermons is? Where, where, I don't. Yeah. Fox News, CNBC? That's uh, what you give me a sermon? Hey. What, technically, technically, I'm an ordained minister, nigga. I'm Reverend J. Johnson. I literally was waiting on you to throw that out there. I was waiting fact, on you to throw it out there. <laughs> I got my card with me right now. Look at the Reverend Jason Johnson. You feel Johnson. me? The Reverend, Reverend Jason Johnson. Dr. J. Johnson. The third. Dr. Jumar Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Reverend Jumar Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, man, it's it's just I really feel like what this movie did, it it gave life. Yo, I'm being real generous. Them niggas time was up like 50 minutes. Oh, the folks next door? 50 minutes. Oh shit. Ago. Wait, they came in at uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we need to go on and pause that. Get Hold them on. right. All right, we back in the back yeah, in the yeah, We had to get back, get get them right. Uh, next door, don't go over your time. Fifty minutes, folks. Like I know, I'll be sending a lot of y'all up here to Jay to come record. Um, if he get you an hour and you go an hour fifty, then don't tell him I referred you. I just want that. <laughs> I'm sending an invoice. Got to know. Um, but anyway, back to the film, man. So uh, let's let's. 
move forward too because we talked about kind of the the Malcolm Sam dynamic, but the the dynamic of of Cassius right at twenty two, on top of the world making money. White people love you. Black people herald you. You the goat. Not making money yet. Not making the money that only he was, one nigga up there making money, and that was that's Sam. Sam Cook. Yeah. Well, Jim Brown was getting paid. Well, Jim Brown a, had a couple dollars. Jim Brown was about to get paid. Jim yeah. Brown made more money movies than in movies in the than the NFL, but the NFL career was cut short. Yeah, and what, the NFL wasn't paying niggas like that. One of the things that drew him to the movies was, yo, for this one little film that I just was in, that I was in for half of, I got paid 37000 That That fuck around had been a three-year contract yeah, in the NFL. Yeah, facts, facts. So NFL ain't what it was. It ain't what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Facts, facts. The millions didn't exist even at the like team level. Yeah. So you definitely weren't paying players that. But... You got Cassius, you on top of the world, you everybody loves you on all sides. Do you want to announce that you converting like in this moment? Like do you want do, is this the time to make that announcement that you're converting to uh the nation? But everybody didn't love Cassius Clay at the time. Because I'm, I'm just talking about in this in this like just won the championship. Like it's hype around you right now. Yeah. Like, do you want to do that? Because that that could potentially knock you the hell down. But, like, well, no. So, yes. Yeah. The, the answer is yes. Yeah. This is the time that I want to do it because I'm the champ. Mm. And because I'm the champ, this is this is before there were seven different belts in every division. You don't you you don't have an option. You don't have a. Mm. There's nothing for you to do. You have to come see me. Yeah. I'm the champ. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm very entertained. I'm very. Um, captivizing, captivating. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I'm draw people in, whether they hate me yeah. or love me. Polarizing, I'm polarizing. polarizing figure. Yeah, facts. Um, so like, if we go on the boy George, the gorgeous George, uh, comparison, mm. nigga, it may even work better for me to announce that and make them hate me more. Yeah, yeah. you think that when my folks are paying to see Jack Johnson win? <sighs> no, we know why he got. Rich. We was we was on the side. Jack Johnson and there's an HBO joint coming out by him, yep, right? Yep. Um, but uh, we were around the ringside with a slapjack, mm. and if you got close to the ring, we were fucking your shins up mm -hmm. and hitting you in your Achilles with with the little shit that the police got. Yeah. Oh, we hated the nigga. Yeah. And he had a white woman. Couldn't stand it. Stay with white. Oh women. no! But we gonna pay. Yeah. To see you fight, to see if you would lose. Because we kept putting out the quote unquote, no, the quite literal great white hype. Yeah. That came from we got to find a white person to beat this to beat nigga. Beat this nigga. Literally. Facts. Not beat this nigga in the colloquialism. No. no to I need you beat to this beat nigga. this nigga. Like win. Like go in there and shut him up. Nah. And and for, for Cassius at the time, nobody could shut him up at the time. Now, some folks loved it, some folks hated it. Some more, even it was some traditionalist black people who didn't like such the fam. He just beat Sonny Liston. Black people loved Sonny Liston. Revisionist history, yeah. dog. Niggas act like they love Muhammad Ali. Y'all did not. Yeah. White yeah. folks, y'all did not love Muhammad Ali. And here's the thing. Y'all might have I'm I'm a draft dodger. They they didn't love Cassius Clay. They didn't love Cassius X. They didn't love early Muhammad Ali. But boy, when he took that damn flame down the Olympics in 96, 96 with Parkinson's. That's when it changed. That's when we started the, the think pieces in there. Y'all ain't love him when he won the Olympic medal at 18, though. 
60 years before he took that metal or that flame down the thing in Atlanta. <laughs> like the same Olympics that y'all hype him up about and y'all loved and y'all uh, adored Malcolm from that same Olympic Games. Y'all didn't love him when he won the gold. He literally said, I came back to Louisville and threw my gold medal in the river. Because I came back from the gold with a gold medal and I couldn't even fucking eat couldn't at the diner. eat at the diner. Nigga, what? And I'm the pride of Louisville, and I can't eat in Louisville with white people? Nigga, Damn, I threw this metal in the trash, dog. This was 1965. Shoot this bitch up. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's it's wild. But, yeah, to your point, nigga, come on. We bring in Martin. I know this ain't a movie about Martin, but Martin keep finding his way back in here. The same way we just said, yo, y'all didn't really love Cassius slash Muhammad. The same way that uh, we was just saying, y'all ain't love Martin like that. Hell, fuck no. Y'all ain't love Martin like that. Nigga was listed as the most dangerous man in America. Y'all ain't love him like that, dog. Not at all. And that's just, that sort of, again, revisionist history where y'all love niggas on the back end that y'all literally killed. At some point, they're going to give Malcolm a day, and they, they, they'll water this shit down like, oh, he was this, he was that. Like, y'all niggas know y'all ain't fuck with him. They ain't giving Malcolm no day. They, they'll throw up giving Malcolm a day. I'm going to make him a day. Shit, you might as well fight for it. I mean, why not? You can petition this shit, nigga. Shit, I'm a fuck around. Hell yeah. <laughs> we getting Malcolm Day. Hell yeah. What day we gonna make Malcolm Day? Uh, What day Kwame got out? Uh, We gonna make that shit. We gonna make, nigga, make the Malcolm Day the day that Kwame got out, nigga. That was like the 21st, nigga. Uh, <laughs> that shit was like, oh, the 21st. That was like Thursday. Duh. Hell yeah. Yo, what day Hell Kwame yeah. got out was funny. Yeah, that shit gonna be <laughs> on Thursday, nigga. January twenty uh, first every year. That's Malcolm Day. So then, Pete, what I loved that they did, I love that they um, even though again it wasn't chronologically accurate, but how they made the change gonna come yeah happen with the conversation Sam Cook and Malcolm had. What I loved about it was it made me think of Spike and the way yeah. he put the, the song in the come. movie. And I said, whoa, I really want to know if Spike knew something about. Because, again, because even though Sam Cooke recorded that song before this night actually happened. Because he said it, though. Yeah. He said, like, I've been working on it. Like, so um, so they had that conversation yeah, or whatever, right? Yeah. And then Ali or Cassius. And um, Malcolm went out, and it was just Sam and and um, Jim Brown. Jim Brown, yeah. And he was like, "You, you, you, you do know I know what's going on out there." Yeah, yeah. they they talking to the media no, like, no, 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 like out there, out there, like you, don't, like in the world, because in his brain, he kind of feel like an uncle. Malcolm touched a, a, a sensitive point. Yeah, him, hit, yeah. Hit dogs holler. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Facts. So he's like, "Well, you do know I know what's going on right there." And when I heard that song, nigga, that shit fucked me up. Cause yeah. I wish I wrote it. Yep. Like I call. He said I'm out here calling myself the soul brother or soul such king of soul yeah. soul. And this little white nigga from Minnesota, on some struggle shit, went to number one. Like, yeah. I felt the way about that. I've been working on a little something. I'm gonna I'm change it up. Yeah. Now I mean that's a part of. So, portion that we've been talking about is like, yo, I don't want people to think this, but this is a great. In theory, though, this is a great thing, right? Yeah. Because there's some guy and was like, yo, no, this is the, this is the episode of of Different World. 
Mm. This is the episode of Different World when they got a chance to have the conversation that Martin and Malcolm had. Yeah. No one knows what that conversation was about, but they acted out. Remember? Yeah. Um, who was the two? It was a uh, old boy that kind of <laughs> kind of looked like Malcolm yeah. and shit. Uh, him and and um his and his best friend, right? Uh, Ron was, and uh Dwayne. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't Ron. Or and no, Dwayne. no, no, not it was the young you talk, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You right. This you was right. the Jada Pinkett era. Yep, yep, yep. Um, um I don't remember either their names yeah. on the show, but yeah. But yep. it was like. I'm all for that because yep. we don't know what happened. And like in, in someone's brain, like, yo, this is what I think happened. Yeah. So I'm cool with that. All and the chronological stuff is he, great. Here's the thing. He had only premiered this song. So the scene where he sings Change Gonna Come on Johnny Carson, that happened a month earlier. That was in January. But it had only been a month. So it's not crazy to think that Malcolm would say, yo, I heard that song you got. Why you ain't writing more of those, nigga? Because I can have that same combo about the fact you only got one of them right now. Like, the same combo they showed us, just tweak it. And, yeah. yo, you you wrote a good song. But guess what? You so much more powerful than writing that one. Because, like, we'll sit here and kick it on some shit. And we'll be like, nigga, what if uh, this on some some pondering shit? Like, yeah. nigga, what if really when he made that song is because what if the nigga came to him and was like, nigga, you ain't got no motherfucker hitting your, in your bed. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, the idea of this movie is fucking phenomenal. Um, the only apprehension was I know niggas don't really know about nothing but entertainment, so I didn't want them to take, take it, um, like, serious. But, like, all the little... Yo, out of chronological order here. Yeah. None of that shit really matters because nah. this is the brainchild of somebody who respected these people so much that he wondered. Yeah, what, can, what this conversation would have? What went on in this conver in in this in this hotel room? Here's the thing, man. When when Kim Powers wrote this, you can take. There's no full account of what happened that night, and you'll never get one. If it ain't in Jim Brown's biography, the only one living, you're never probably gonna know what really happened in there. Unless the FBI released the tapes. Facts, because it was salute to when they first got in there and they was walking around that room looking for the bug. Cause you know they was looking for the bug in real life. But the fact that we know that no matter what, these four men got together. And if I think of Jim Brown's personality, Sam Cook's personality, uh Malcolm's and Cassius's, I know the conversations that could have taken place. Yeah. And if I can just imagine for a moment the combos that could have taken place, for all the folks who are like pissed off at the historical inaccuracies of what happened in the movie, it's like, eh, let that go and listen to what they're actually saying in the movie. Like, nobody is, Regina King and Kim Powers are never going to tell you, fam, this is really what they said. They're not saying, but look at the combos that they're having. Even if they didn't actually have them, the shit was done well, man. So they have the, the talk, and, and Sam asked Jimmy, like, yo, you know, do you know what I'm, I'm – I really know what's going on out there. While they're doing that, Malcolm and Cassius went outside to go talk to the press because the press saw uh, Sam and, and Malcolm go on a little store run or I'm sorry, Sam and Cassie is going to store run. And when they went to the store, folks seeing them, they knew they was there. Or at least that's what we thought. We saw later a uh, dog from, from the nation was paying a couple white people to know, like, ah, right, they in there. They right there, da-da-da. But anyway, the press came to the room. They like, um, uh, Cassius Clay, you in there? You ready to come out yet? So he went down there and he talked and he told Malcolm, yo, I want you by my side. Like, I know in this moment, because there was a little tension between them when Malcolm told him, yo, I know I just brought you over to the nation, but I actually want you to come with me. I'm leaving the nation. Like, I, I want to do my own thing and be a little closer to the tenets of Islam. So come with me. 
And Cassius was kind of pissed. Like, why would you bring me over if you finna leave? Yeah, that didn't make no sense. Yeah, it makes zero sense. But wow. when he when he went out to to go speak to the press, he told Malcolm, "Yo, you coming?" Malcolm, like, you mean me? He was like, "Nigga, I, I want that's you down a, there by my side." Dog. That's a real video that you can pull up. Yeah, when, that conversation, ha- and that's the thing. Like some of these press moments, these were real things that yeah. happened. Like it again in that hotel room. No yeah. clue. Press, it's recorded. And it's, <laughs> like, it was the press yeah. talking to Muhammad Ali. And with then Malcolm right there. After he finished, then they the camera and the, everybody just switched over to Malcolm and then start asking him questions. Yep. yep. Um, but like that's a real moment. That 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 photograph inside of the diner downstairs. Oh, that's a that's a real moment. And you see uh Malcolm with his camera around his neck. Um Sam Cook in the ring after the fight didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, I watched the fight uh, this morning. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was in there talking, about, I'm pretty. I shocked the world. But Sam Cook, he didn't say, Sam Cook, he he pretty too, or whatever yeah, the fuck he said. Yeah. Like, that, that, that shit didn't happen. Yeah, it was uh, a little aggressive. Like, it was like, Joe, Lu- Joe Lewis was in the ring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and like, again, all of them were there. They were at the fight. Jim Brown was really doing the commentary. Like, all of that really happened. But yeah, he wasn't like, look at my friend Jim. Look at Sam. Look at Malcolm, pretty ass. Yeah. Like, it was like, Elizabeth Taylor? Like, what? <laughs> Yo, that part made me laugh because it was like, <laughs> I could imagine Muhammad. Again, that shit imagining from their past personalities I can imagine Cassius Clay at 22 fighting over in London nigga, being remember, like nigga I'm so uninterested in this fight I just seen Elizabeth Taylor in there fam dog. nigga I remember this fight on HBO Floyd fighting and um, Jim Gray not Jim Gray Jim um, I can't think of his last name right now uh, but the you know, the commentator where, yeah Jim Lampley yep 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 uh, Jim Lampley them niggas start talking about uh, 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 bets or odds or some shit and Floyd boom 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 Send us to the fifth. And then he started talking. He was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm this is this is so unprofessional. I can't. He did this shit a few times with Roy Jones. Yeah. Like, nigga, I can hear y'all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm clearly taking care of this nigga here. <laughs> Let me I might as well talk talk back and forth. Because I'm not worried about what's going on in this ring at all, man. I'm in autopilot. You know yeah. what I'm saying? My my I'm on my uh, my Iron Man shit. I'm yeah. on that self-defense shit. So um the the four of them after the press conference and after Sam and Jimmy talk. They all get back together and they decide, yo, man, like, let's go have a good time. Let's let's go out. Malcolm, grab your camera. Let's go get some drinks. Like, we didn't have this tense conversation. We had the tense moment up on the roof. Um, let's let's just go have a good time, man. And again, we don't have any accurate like depictions of if Jim Brown and Sam Cook were at this bar, but we know for a fact Malcolm X and uh, Cassius Clay were there because yeah. it's a picture of Malcolm taking the picture that they show in the movie. Um, and it was just like, yo, they went out, they had a good time, and it was like, all right, now the four of y'all can go out and just be the four of y'all. Four friends having a ball, having a good time, celebrating life, and not arguing about how to represent your blackness, man. Because yeah. cause being as successful as these four men were, that's an argument that you hate to see. Like, you get it, but it's like, man, I can't control how you do your black. Because all four of them fought for black people, but I can't Different tell ways. you that the way you doing it is wrong. And where is this footage at, dog? Because Malcolm not only had um, a 35-millimeter camera, mm-hmm. um, some point shoots, he had a, 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 a recorder with him, too. Mm. Like, video recorder. Yeah. Where is this footage? I want to know how great of a photographer he was. 
I want to know what was those pictures like. So if you saw pictures that he had in his camera the yeah. night of that night, yeah. Oh man, nigga, they sell Hitler paintings, by the way. Yeah. Like I want the I want a Malcolm X photographer photographer photo in my bedroom. Yeah. In my house, my living room, somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's wild because. Who like who took the picture of Malcolm taking the picture? Because I feel like we got to start somewhere with this yes. camera. Oh, you know what I'm thinking? What if the camera got ruined in the fire? Quite possible. Yeah, because we we at that point in the film, right? So after the four of them, after this one night, everybody goes back to their their lives, but, right? Yeah, quite possible. Yeah, that could have happened, man. Because like you would have all of your films and everything would have yeah. been pictures in front. Yep. It's yeah. even if you were developing them in the house, yeah. all of that happened in the house. Like, Damn. yeah. So that, that actually could have been the thing that, that ruined that camera or ruined the footage from it. It just ruined me. guy. I was going to go and spend some yeah. hours on the internet. Trying I just, to- <laughs> I literally took it there. Cause I'm like, yo, when they go back to their regular lives, everybody again, Sam, well, let me not say, cause Sam didn't die, but shortly after that, like, let me look up, hold up. Because this was, what, February 24th, right? Sam died December of that year. Um, And then, what, when did Malcolm die? That was early the next year. That was a year later Malcolm died, like the 21st. Um, So when they go back to life, from what we see, everybody goes on to, like, do something better. Cassius, we see him being um, officially transitioned by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, even though that took place like a month later, but they made it seem like that was the next morning. Um, But it was literally a month where he was going by Cassius X, and then he was actually converted officially like a month after that happened. But then we see Sam Cooke on Johnny Carson, and Johnny's talking to him, and he's like, yo, you know... What you got going on? And Sam, like, man, you know, I've been working on something. He was like, I ain't never performed it in front of nobody, and I like to give it a shot. And he went up there and performed Change Gonna Come. They actually put the real track on for Change Gonna Come, but everything else, I think, oh, boy, was singing. I think he sang Change Gonna Come. No, that was the that was the actual Change Gonna Come song. Uh, I think that was Leslie, dog. I don't know. But to that point, going back to the Jewish dude who owns all Sam's stuff, it's probably why they had him singing on his own for most of that shit. Cause mm-hmm. hey, nigga, we ain't paying you royalties on that goddamn. Cause I, I heard, cause I, I don't know a lot about Sam, uh, yeah, Sam yeah. Cook, yeah. but I listened to that. I mean, I've probably I mean, listened to that shit a thousand times. One of the one of the greatest songs ever written. Um, um, one of the greatest songs ever performed. And again, I would love if Spike Lee could tell us if there was any connection between him playing that in X. At the place he put it, because he put it in there as X was walking to the theater about to get killed. <laughs> like, and it's just watching this and seeing, like, kind of thinking of X, it was a it was a very interesting juxtaposition of this song being played in the moment it was played in Spike Lee's uh version of X. But we see Sam going Johnny Carson, he living life now. We see Malcolm, or I'm sorry, we see Jim on set announcing his retirement, um, which he did in real life. That was a real thing uh, when he announced his retirement on the set of a film. And then we see Malcolm 
and the house get set on fire by an arsonist throwing a Molotov through the window. And it was just like, damn, dog. Like, I hate that that was what became of, you know what I'm saying, the moment. And then, like we said, in real life, Sam died at the end of that year. December of that year, Sam Cooke got killed. I hate that these brothers couldn't take that moment and really go live it out. Like, yeah, Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali lived. I'm Jim Brown's still alive. What if the niggas was in that bitch for, like, 30 minutes and dipped? I thought that earlier. When I was like, you know, trying to find like all the like historical accounts of what really happened in there, been like, yo, like, nigga, you ain't got nobody over here. Yeah, where my tuxedo at? Because they said they said in real life, the only thing we know for sure is two things that we know for certain that they really did eat vanilla ice cream in there, and that Jim Brown was really trying to go party. They said Jim Brown liked the scene where he says, "Yo, nigga, I was trying to be around some women tonight." It was like Jim Brown was really on that that night, like trying to get some pussy. Like, yo, we're in Miami. I'm with the champ. I don't want to be in this room, nigga. And they was like, Jim Brown was like very, like he was pressing that. But other than that, them the only two things that they confirmed got said in that room. So I'm like, I'm, I'm curious if they were really there all night or if they bust up earlier and was like, all right, uh, Malcolm, it was great, man. I appreciate you. And got the hell on, dog. But we see Malcolm, uh, house gets set on fire we see him and the kids run out man salute to to kingsley benadir dog because i i felt like even in moments like this right they ain't say nothing they just got the kids out and he had the rifle and i feel like he just embodied it's fear of panic on his face yeah man and like they had him with the with the with the mustache yeah the 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 five o'clock shadow well see that's when you know when uh malcolm wasn't in the nation yeah whenever he had yeah Yep. If he was it straight face, yeah. nation. Nation all day. Facial hair? No nation. Outside. And then um the movie ended quite possibly as awesome as a movie could end, dog. I love the little piece they put up. So it ended with a quote from Malcolm X. It is a time for martyrs now. And if I am to be one, it will be for the cause of brotherhood. That's the only thing that can save this country. Malcolm X, February 19th, 1965. He was murdered two days later after he said that. Nigga. Powerful stuff, dog. The fact that... The fact that there's an audio recording of that man murder. Yeah. And possibly video. Fam. The fact that I'll never get over this again, go watch Who Killed Malcolm X on Netflix if you um if you want to learn more and then go listen to episode 87 of our pod to hear how we really feel about it. The fact that they still had the podium in the basement was mind-blowing to me, dog. Like, the podium was still downstairs, bullet holes intact, chalk circling around it 40 years later. And dog walked right in and saw it like, damn, oh, they ain't even wiped the chalk off this shit. Ain't nobody touched this shit in 40 years, my nigga. Like, fam, why this ain't in the evidence room? Fam, how come ain't nobody been down here in 40 years? They've been down there and they've been walking right around that podium. Oh, let me get that chair from behind that podium. Yeah, yeah, the one with the bullet holes in it. Give me the chair behind that. No, 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 don't touch that podium now. We don't want to talk about that. Fam, that blows my mind, dog, that this country hated that man that much. That his murder, like, y'all ain't even try. To resolve it, dog. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, when you got half baked confessions, and um, and when 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 the the, the case is quote unquote closed, yeah. What's the what's the investigation? Yep, yep. 
Oh, the people want this to be closed quick. So give me, get on it. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's, it's a real wild. Hey man, it was very superb acting during this thing, man. I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. Um, better on the second watch. Yeah. Really thought it was good on that first one. That second one was even better. Um, it was captivating. The performances were just amazing, dog. I, I really, really enjoyed what I saw from this film. Um, I'm now I'm like I want to see more from all four of them now. Obviously, Leslie Odom, he having a moment. Yo, did you know? Uh, fun fact: he, the woman who played Barbara in the movie, his wife. That's his wife in real life. No, I didn't know. Yeah, that that was a fun fact. I want to see more from him though, because I think. What I don't want to see happen to him after seeing him perform so well in this role of Sam Cooke, I don't want him to become the like, yo, I play niggas who sing. Like now I want to see you like act. Like I'm and I'm sure he got some stuff where he ain't in his Broadway mode, but I, I, I want to see him act. I went to Google and typed in Leslie and then Osborne Jr. popped up. So I think he about to be on his shit. Alright, let's let's see. I, I hope he got a lot more coming, man, because I really think uh the brother is talented. He was in Harriet as well. Um when I looked up his filmography, he was I in saw Red that. Tales. He sure was in Red Tails, dog. And I, I don't know, I just I wanna make sure they don't catch him up. Oh, and he's gonna be in um The Many Saints of Newark, which is the prequel to the Sopranos. Mm, okay. Uh so that's interesting. He clearly looked like he'd been in his TV bag more than anything. Well, yeah, he got a whole lot of shows. I, on there. He's a he's one of those faces that you just remember. Yeah. I mean, Dog used to have a commercial where he was singing on the commercial hella hard. So Oh shit, he was in Grays too. Everybody was in Grays. I think me and you caught an episode of Grays. House of Lies. Central Park. <laughs> I'm scared. Like that's a cartoon. What he was doing in there. Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, dog got a hell of a, a filmography, man. I, I didn't realize how much he was in, but I definitely want to see more moving forward. Um, dude who played Muhammad, man, again, great job. Just fucking phenomenal acting. You embodied the character. It was beautiful. I, I want to see more from him. And then um, Aldous Hodge, man, if if you're not already familiar, go check out um, Aldous Hodge in... What is the name of the Showtime show? I just forgot. City on a Hill on Showtime. It got one season, him and Kevin Bacon. I started it, um, only one episode in, so I want to finish it up. But I really want to see more from him because he did wonderful as Jim Brown. And then Kingsley Benadire, man. I, I Easily the star of the film. Um, I don't know if that was because of how wonderful he did with acting or just, yo, Malcolm will always yo, take precedent. This offline, but... Anything that Malcolm is in or yeah. plays, he's always the character. He's yeah. the most captivating, polarizing. Yeah, Malcolm's one of the most polarizing figures ever in in like world history. Malcolm X is one of the most polarizing people ever. And everything that Malcolm's a part of, be it Godfather of Harlem, be it One Night in Miami, be it whatever they Ali, um, whatever he's in and they have somebody portraying Malcolm in, it becomes the star vehicle of whatever that that project is, man. And it was no different here. Kingsley Benadire did a wonderful job, but it was just like, man, when you when you gotta take on Malcolm, like you take on Malcolm, dude. And and once you become Malcolm, man, the whole project becomes Malcolm, even if that wasn't your intention, dude. But it, it was great. It was no different here. I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. I'm excited to see more directing from Regina King. Um, you think she gets some award noms for this? Uh, probably it's it's possible, man. I know they love her. Um, 
the Oscars and, and Emmy people, they love Regina. So wouldn't be shocked if she got some, but I'm excited to see more directorial shit from her because this was great, man. This was great. Um, Damn, I do remember this nigga from the 100 now, dog. Yeah, I never even, I never seen dog. And I, I think he did phenomenal in this, man. Like, made me excited to like, now I want to see somebody redo Ali. Like yeah. in a in a better way. I want a better film for Ali. And I just want a better film for Ali in general because he deserves a better portrayal. Like, give me a life film. Don't focus on one fight in, in one part of my life. Um, give me shit, a show. The same way, kind of going back to Pac and nobody ever really being able to portray Pac. Half the problem with Pac related films is because y'all trying to capture his whole life in two up? hours. You can't do that. And we know Pac for five years, dog. Facts. From like, and, and if we be, if we being yeah. honest, we really know Pac from ninety three to ninety six. Ninety three to ninety six is when most of us knew Pac. Ninety one, ninety, y'all ain't know him. We didn't know him. Like we got a very small window of his life, man. And to try yeah. to give us his whole life in two hours, it just don't work. Uh, you got to come Netflix special, yeah. uh, Netflix series Facts. with Malcolm, uh, with a Pac. With Ali. Um, with Ali. Yeah. Like, because most folks don't know Cassius Clay for shit. You know Muhammad Ali for draft dodging, for running the flame in the Olympics, the, the torch. Niggas can't and tell. And for having Parkinson's. And, 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 and guess what? And a bunch of quotes. He is a great marketer. He marketed himself as the greatest, and now niggas say he the greatest. And was literally one of the greatest sportsmen ever because he told y'all he was. And like we just who the greatest? Oh, it's Muhammad Ali because it's been baked in your mind that he the greatest because he said he was the greatest. Never mind the fact that at his peak he was losing fights, he lost them. Yeah. So yeah. when Floyd start calling himself TBE the best ever, years from now niggas gonna be saying, "I do believe he's the best ever." But but listen, niggas Floyd. gonna be like, "Yo, he's the best ever" yeah. because he marketed himself as the best ever yeah. and then has the record to prove it. Yeah, to, to I, back it up. What proven is? I, yeah. mean, it's a, I mean, the record is the record. I I personally think Sweep he was the best fighter ever. Uh, Definitely best defensive fighter. Yeah, one of yeah, the best, arguably uh, defensive fighters. Yeah, ever. I I that's I'm biased there. Um, also a big Roy fan, but shit, know. I love like watching Meldrick Taylor fight. Is like <sighs> fucking. It's like yeah. Ugh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but um, no, uh, Muhammad Ali, greatest marketer alive, or I'm sorry, greatest marketer ever. Yeah. Um, and but the boy could fight. The boy was bad. You know, the what boy I'm was bad. Muhammad was a bad boy. He suffered for the same thing. Well, I suffered is a is a interesting word, but the yeah. same thing like Roy. Like they were so fast that they was technically flawed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's so a lot they, of things when they you tell me had oh, to work greatest, on that you didn't know. Like you backing up with your chin yeah. straight. Like you can't do that. Yeah. And because the second that you you don't got them fast twitch reflexes. Yeah. You catch one on the chin and you go. It, night it night. can ruin your whole life. And I mean, again, to to Muhammad's um, Parkinson's later, like there is a direct connection to his fights later in his career and the punishment that he took in a lot of those later fights and him getting sick and having the physical, uh, debilitations that he had. So, um, or debilitations that he had, pardon me. Um, Jim Brown, Jim Brown, again, the, the latter half of Jim Brown's life has not been as 
much we've not seen the civil rights activism that I learned about Jim Brown when I was younger. Um, I've seen, you know, Jim Brown as a Trump supporter and Jim Brown as a whole bunch of other stuff that I've been like, eh, that ain't that ain't who I learned about. But doesn't take away from the work that he did back during that time, man. Um, something to say and, and we Shit, can start Sam, wrapping this up. Sam Cook birthday was uh, two days ago. Oh wow! Happy birthday to Sam Cooke, man. Widely known as as one of the greatest singers ever, one of the greatest um, music minds ever, and one of the greatest like I guess label owners ever, man. Like he was he was one of the first entrepreneurs, black entrepreneurs in that industry. Man. He'd have been ninety years old. He was born yeah. January twenty second, nineteen thirty one. Yeah, man, we we lost Sam before he could get into who he. She got nigga three times in the chest. Yeah, man, Jesus Christ. We lost Sam before he could become who he was really on part of become. The same way we lost Malcolm before he could become. Like I think Malcolm post Mecca was about to be. That was his third act, right? We got. Malcolm Little and then we got Detroit Red and, and that was act one but then we got Malcolm X who we all know and love as act two but I think post Mecca Malcolm who got because the whole again one thing I'm glad they he said Malcolm the same age right now yeah he passed before before, before. his 40, before yep. his 40th birthday so I'll be 39 yeah. in April I love that they said in the film again Malcolm's whole reason for even though the timing was off but the Mal- the reason for the pilgrimage was Yo, I'm breaking off to do my own thing because I want to get even closer to the tenets of Islam. I want to get even closer to my beliefs. Like, yeah, I know I believe in like the nation and what I've learned from them, but I know that technically there's some things I could be doing even better. And I feel like had we gotten that version of Malcolm, man, I feel like he would have changed the same way I'm sure he changed the minds of people who knew Detroit Red. El Malik Al Shabazz would have changed the minds of people who knew Malcolm X. You know what I'm saying? Like he was on his way to becoming something even greater than he already was, man, and and more admirable than it already was. So his death at the time that it happened was just it was so premature, bro. Sam Cooke so premature. Like the life that Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali went on to become and the love that they got even if, you know, maybe some of the things they did on the way weren't always lovable. Fam, at least they got to experience it. Because, sheesh, y'all got Malcolm before he, I mean, a year after this event, literally. Wasn't even a full year, 360 days. Like, it's crazy. Sam, y'all got Sam at the end of that year. Just had the biggest song, Change Gonna Come, went up to 34 on the charts. Number nine on the R&B, number 34 on the Hot 100. Biggest song of his career. Like his own song. And y'all got him before he could even enjoy the fruits of it, man. Crazy, dog. Um, Final thoughts on, on the film and, and just... This is two great films back-to-back that we got, man. Regina King and American Skin last week from Nate Parker, man. I, I think that... um. If this is going to be the direction that 2021 goes as far as content for the culture... I'm with it. I'm here for the shits, bro. Um, Because they kicked off January strong. I know we got a couple joints coming up that we're looking forward to. Denzel's movie drops this Friday, January 29th. We got uh, Judas and the Black Messiah next week. Ain't that next week? Or is that at the end of February? I might, I might have my dates off. 
Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's coming though, and that's what's important, man. Um, yeah, we we got a lot of content and, and snowfall on the way back, like we keep mentioning at the end of February. So, yeah, man, exciting times for the culture. Great movie for the culture. February Salute to 12th. Regina. February twelfth. Okay, I had that's what they pushed it back a week. It was supposed to be February fifth. Um, I'm just excited, man. I'm I'm happy to see the content that's coming out right now. I'm happy to see what's being put together and I'm happy to see again the same way we saw with um with One Night in Miami this is a historical event about black people where y'all are getting what y'all said y'all wanted we not slaves we not being beaten up we not being docile to white people like none of that is happening this is about an account of four great black men Nothing else is happening. So support this film, Amazon Prime. If you don't have Prime Video, get somebody log in. Go watch it. Give it multiple streams if you can. It's a great movie. Make your kids watch it. Make your kids watch this and American Skin if they're old enough to deal with the content. Because what's being said in these films and the conversations that they're having, these are conversations you need to be having in your home as well, man. Um. So, yeah, man, check out One Night in Miami Amazon Prime, Regina King, we love you. We appreciate you. Uh, excited to see what you're working on next on the directorial and the acting side of things. Till then, I'm Ant. That's Jay. This Week in Culture, episode 142. We out.